0: Okay, so we want to welcome you to our weekly Bible study for April 1st, 2007. Today we're going to be keen on, most likely for the majority of the message, if not all of this message, uh, the impending crisis over in Iran, the risk of nuclear, uh, the, the threat that is being conveyed to us is there. And we're going to look. What I'm going to try to do is really look at both sides of the story here today. Uh, if the mass media is telling you something, well, I, I'm just here to tell you that you need to question it—the storyline that you're being fed, uh, the people that control the media. I just got into this conversation with my dad last night. It's as though sometimes people believe everything that they're told. Um, not to say my dad does, but the problem you run into is that so much of the time if that's all you're going by is the newspapers and the TV and these types of things, if that's where you're going to get your news, don't expect to get the truth. There may be a kernel of truth, there may be a grain of truth in there, but there's always an agenda. Every single time, they've always got some agenda. They're trying to push some type of of uh, brainwashing tactic that they're going to be using on you to get you to think a certain way. 9-11 was a classic example of that. The evidence in regard to 9-11 being an inside job is so overwhelming. If you don't believe me, please email me. And um, I will flood you with evidence. And this is not my opinion. These are not things I'm doing because I'm trying to be a bad American. I'm looking at facts, cold hard facts. That's all we really care about. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And we need to pursue truth no matter how much it hurts. No matter if we don't like it or not. That doesn't matter. That's immaterial. If we don't like what truth we're being told. And... Today what we're going to be getting into is some things that a lot of Christians, particularly Republican-based, fundamental Christians, may not like. And that's not my fault. If you can refute this information, please do. Go ahead and email me at my site and provide me with the information. But when I see information coming from different, various, related, unrelated sources that are all confirming basically the same thing Well, I have to kind of stand up and take notice there uh, particularly when they're not mainstream media and the first thing we're going to be talking about you know in in regard to this is some series of articles that David Bay ran on his site cuttingedge.org and he's been talking a lot about this impending Iranian crisis and I just copied and pasted a few things he had out of there now it's a well-known fact that the 13 families that basically run the world, called the Illuminati, I mean, somebody's got to be in charge. People say, oh no, that's, that's a misnomer. Those, those families don't exist. Yes, they do exist. <laughs> the Rothschilds, the DuPonts, the Rockefellers, the Krupps, the Merovingian bloodline, these are real people. They're the ones that have the money. They're the ones that put politicians in power. Now, Who's over them? Satan? I mean, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers, and wickedness in high places. So, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that that's where our battle is. These people are just highly demonically possessed. Generationally, this is bloodline Luciferianism is what they would refer to it as. This is real. This is not something being made. Do you believe the Bible? Do you believe we're going into an end time crisis where we're going to be where, where, where um, the world is going to have to deal with the Antichrist? I mean, if you believe that, don't you believe that there would be families set up, set up? preemptively in a position where they could implement this, these are the ones, as I've said before, put the politicians in power. Most politicians are puppets on strings. They take orders. They're figureheads, most of them. But there's people pulling their strings, just as there's demonic entities and, and evil entities, you know, at the very, very top, who control these 13 families. And these 13 families... Um, would be referred to, I guess, as old money. It's one of the things that they that they refer to. Well, what happens is, is it's a well-known fact that they control the media, they control the news outlets, uh, most of the Hollywood and all these types of things. And what they have had a tendency to do more in the past 20, 30 years is telegraph their punches. And Normally before they're going to get ready to implement something, or try to implement something, and I should say, preface this and clarify this with that God is still in control. I believe it's the same way it was in Job's day when the angels had to go to God to get permission to do this to Job. Why is it any different now? I don't believe the dispensation that we would be in right now has anything to really do with that. God's still on the throne. Jesus Christ is seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, ever making intercession for the saints. Okay, now, knowing that, He's still on the throne. So, I don't believe this is something that's just happening and God has no control over it. This is part of the great end times delusion. This is part of a strong delusion that God said he was going to send in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, this is from David Bay's Cutting Edge, very recent, and, and these really these are stories that, that he has garnered and gleaned. And this is entitled More Stories Have Appeared in Mass Media hyping the Possibility of a Nuclear Terrorist Attack. With a storyline in the twenty-four in the TV series number twenty-four. Now, there's evidently a TV series now entitled 24. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't really heard a lot about that particular one. Um, I'm just looking real quick if there's any symbolic. 24 in gematria, which is the study of numbers, normally a lot of times it's associated with the occult, is um, symbolic of priesthood. 24 Symbolic of Priesthood. So it says with the storyline in the TV series number 24, following this exact scenario, we must take the possibility seriously that the Illuminati might be planning another 9/11-type attack, this time using a nuclear device. This was from Washington, The Jerusalem Post, March 30th. So this was, you know, a couple of days ago. This information is very up to date. I'm going to be getting into today. Um, it was entitled, News Brief, Risk Grow of Terrorists Getting Nukes. There's a growing threat that terrorist groups such as Hezbollah will acquire nuclear or other weapons of mass destruction. And uh, this, is a, this was told to them by a senior U.S. Depart- State Department official from the Jerusalem Post. He indicated there are a large number of nuclear smuggling incidents each year. Uh, some of which are substantial and not limited to low-grade material. It's a bigger threat than it was in the past. Well, for my studies, if they have a nuclear device on them, that cannot be hid from the satellites that are in the sky because it gives off a radiation signal, a radiation pattern that really can't be hid. So for for people to tell me that there's all these terrorists out there with all these suitcase nukes that were supposedly stolen and they're running around and nobody knows where they're at, I don't believe that. I don't believe it at all. Because the satellites can pick up the radiation signature that these things leave behind. So, again, what is this? This is something to get us totally thinking, I wonder where they're going to strike. We don't know. Keep you on edge all the time about these terrorists. And and the terrorists, I'm not saying the terrorists are good people. I'm not saying that the radical, um, fundamental Muslims are great people, after our best interest. Because they're not. They are told in the Quran to slay the infidels. To kill them that oppose Allah. An infidel is basically an unbeliever in Islam. Well, what, the, what would that mean? That means everybody who's not in Islam, you either convert them or you kill them. If they were being fundamental to their faith, that's what they would all be doing. But see, most of them aren't fundamentalists. It's like a fundamental Christian. There's very few fundamental Christians... Out there, Bible-believing fundamental, fundamental to the faith. The faith of what? The Bible. Particularly the King James Bible. Because the other Bibles are watered down, polluted, and corrupted. The NIV, for instance, has 64,098 less words. That's quite a bit. That's almost 10% of the total text has been removed from the NIV Bible. They all spawn from the 1881 Revised Version. All of our modern-day Bibles essentially spawned from that version. That version was translated by two men called Westcott and Hort. They were both occultists. Occultists, okay? They had a club called the Ghostly Guild, and another one called the, um, the Club of Hermes. Hermes being the god of death. The Ghostly Guild, where they got together with people like Charles Darwin and did seances. These were the people that translated, ultimately gave you the revised version that spawned all the other translations, like the NIV, like the New American Standard, like all these other ones. Okay, Where did the Revised Version come from? Well, it came from two Catholic versions called the Sinatacanus and the Vaticanus. The one was found at the Vatican. Uh, the other was found uh, supposedly at the base of Mount Sinai at a, at a uh, apostate monastery. That's why they call it the Sinatacanus. Where did those come from? They, they, you can trace their lineage all the way back to Alexandria, Egypt, where they have their false Bibles. So that's where your Bible stems from. And, and again, I don't have time to get into all that today. But that's why I say what I say. I had an email this week from somebody that was that was asking me if if I was a legalist. Or he was posing the question. Please tell me you're a legalist. Please, please tell me you're. You know this and this. It was the, the questions were posed very almost like the rantings of a madman. Um, I couldn't even barely understand it because it was so grammatically bad. What he was writing me It was hard to understand. What the words were, they didn't. The, the sentences almost didn't make sense. He did nothing to refute one thing I've ever said, and I and I sent him back a extensive two pieces of documentation on why I believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. And why it's so important to believe that it is? Because God is not the author of confusion. Why would God put out 200 versions of a Bible? Is he the author of confusion? Or could it be the end time delusion that we're going into? Could it be a result of the falling away of the church, of the lukewarm church that think they're hot nor cold? That, that are neither hot nor cold. But they think they're in need of nothing, as Revelation says. What is the reality? The blind, wretched, wicked, naked... That's what the Bible refers to them, as in Revelation 3. So, that's the time we're living in. Getting back to this article, um, the the next one was from the Associated Press. It was entitled, Richardson Nuclear 9-11 is Possible. Democratic presidential candidate Bill Richardson said the United States need to do more to prevent a nuclear 9-11, a threat that he argues has been neglected because the Bush administration has been consumed with Iraq. Uh... The New Mexico governor said the United States must lead an effort to secure nuclear materials in Russia, dangerous areas in the world, so that they can get into the terrorist hands. If Al-Qaeda obtained nuclear weapons, they would not hesitate to use them with the same ruthlessness that allowed them to fly airplanes filled with people into buildings. Sorry. Don't buy that. Don't buy that. No. Please, please email me if you have any doubts on nine eleven. I'm not. I don't have time to get into it today. I don't. But just email me. My 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 newsletter. My email address is on the website, and um, just click on it. Email me. I'll I'll load your boat when it comes to nine eleven, um, and it's not me doing it. It's just so st- the evidence is so overwhelming in regard to that thing. It, it's it's an I mean physical visual, whatever you want, whatever kind of evidence you want. It's there. Um, we've been duped as a whole country, and we deserve to be duped. You know what I mean? This is something I don't know if I've ever said, but we really do deserve it in America. We need, we deserve to be. The way the church is now, as apostate as it is, as lukewarm that it is, as as much as they call themselves, we think we're in need of nothing we, we we're rich, we're increased in goods, we're in need of nothing, and as much as they are so delusional and blind and weak and wretched and naked, we deserve it. I mean in this country it, it as is in general. I'm not saying the true remnant body of Christ that hasn't went that way deserves that. But as a country as a whole, if um if the church as apostate, don't expect the country to be heading in the right direction because we're called to be salt and light, and there's not a whole lot of that going on in this country anymore. So, a lot much of what we're talking about today has to be so, it just has to be so, and it's in the Bible predicted it was going to be this way. The Bible says evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, 2 Timothy 3.13. So these evil men and seducers are waxing or growing worse and worse, and they're deceiving, and they themselves are going to be deceived. Um, So this Bill Richardson, this Democratic presidential candidate that just made that quote, is a member of both the Council of Foreign Relations and the secret society known as the Bilderbergers. So we can trust what he's saying, (laughs) Therefore, he is, he is speaking from the script provided him by the Illuminati. See, this is the understanding. You have to get in your head. It is a conspiracy. Didn't the Bible predict there was going to be a conspiracy in the end times? A cover-up? The Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, and darkness for light and light for darkness. That's what we're doing. That's what these politicians do. They call evil good and good evil. But the Bible says, woe unto them. The Bible also says in Proverbs 13, verse 17, that whoso rewardeth evil for good, evil shall not depart from their house. Whoso rewardeth evil for good, evil shall not depart from their house. I'm sorry, that was Proverbs 17, verse 13, I believe. Yes, 17, verse 13. So, there's a lot of that going on as well. There's a lot of rewarding evil for good. Um, these these people are speaking from a script provided for them by the Illuminati, essentially. Okay, these, these ruling elite that basically have put them in the position that they're in. And trust me, they can take them out of the position just as easily through either discreditation, assassination, however they want to choose to do it. Whatever kind of message they want to send. For those of you who may not be aware of the reality that the New World Order's writer, that the New World Order writers consider that the total plan for global government, economy, religion, and a staging of the Masonic Christ is a script. It's a script. With each leader simply reading his or her lines. Let us quickly review... This is Quote from the Illuminous Leader. Okay, now this is a, a quote from Peter Lemishore, and It's from a book called The Armageddon Script. Page 252. It was written in 1981. And it says, quote, Their script is now written, subject only to last-minute editing and stage directions. The stage itself, I'll bet, as yet in darkness, is almost ready. Now, this was in 1981. Down in the pit, the subterranean orchestra is is already tuning up. The last minute walk-on parts are even now being filled. Most of the main actors have already taken up their roles. Soon it will be time for them to come on stage, ready for the curtain to rise. Their time for action will have come. Well let me tell you right now, we're right now this is not to say this isn't happening right now, but I'm talking about when we really, really get down. And things really start to heat up in regard to the emergence of the Antichrist, in regard to the tribulation, these types of things, which is where all this is building toward. The Bible predicted it was going to be so. It's not as though I'm agreeing with the devil. I'm just, I'm basically saying this is what they're saying. The Bible predicted it was going to be so. This is why I don't let this stuff get me down. Because. It's confirmation of Scripture. Actually, what it does, for, and I, I, I would pray it does the same for you, is that it actually increases your faith. Because when you see these things happen over and over, and you realize they're a confirmation of Scripture, well then, in realizing then, comparing this to your Bible, then it should strengthen your faith. That's why it's so important to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Second uh, 2 Timothy 2.15 So, if we're doing that, and we study to show ourselves approved unto God, when we see these things happen, and we read, and then these scriptures start to come into our head, Yeah, I remember that! The Bible said that was going to happen. That's what increases your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So when you see world events lining up with the word of God, that increases your faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, the substance of what I'm hoping for is what the Bible ultimately predicts will happen. That's the substance of what a Christian should be hoping for. So when we see world events confirming these things, then it should increase our faith. Even though they may not be seen right at the moment. We see them building to this crescendo that's that's going to be happening in the very near future. So the stage has been set. The actors are all in place. The orchestra's in their little subterranean pit tuning up. That's where we're at right now. I mean, we're right. The, the conductor's there getting ready to tap the thing, f- ready for that orchestra, and for this, for this whole thing to... to uh, you know, to to, to, um, to start, really So, this article goes on to say This is the most detailed and detailed and global script ever written And it is so brilliant And so carefully carried out You will discover that your limits of understanding And believability will be stretched to the limit See, most people would say Oh, I don't believe anything You're a conspiracy theory, fruitcake nut I don't believe any of this You know something? You're not reading your Bible how could you be saying that if you were really reading the Bible, or if, or I mean, it's total confirmation. Why am I the one, as as a fundamental Christian, that would be even disparaged or degraded by other Christians when it's in the Bible, but they don't go by the Bible; they go by what a man's telling them. We were just talking about earlier how Benny Hinn says a lot of things about it's in. I've heard him on on screen said the most asinine things in regard to scripture. And I don't have time to get into all of that today. But there's whole videos I've seen where I've watched it come out of his mouth when he would say the most asinine things on biblical things and then he would turn around and say it's in the Bible. Those were his exact words. And it's like, no it's not. But the people don't search these things out. They've got a perverted corrupt text as it is. How are they going to get truth? And let me tell you something else about these false versions. Knowing that everything that I said are facts, you have the Bibles, the false, perverted, counterfeit Bibles coming from Alexandria, Egypt, going into the Catholic Church. The two main texts that were preserved were the Vaticanus and the Sinaticanus. Then you had Westcott and Hort coming out with their two occultists, coming out with their revised version of 1881. Don't tell me that there's not demonic spirits connected with all that. And if you were the devil, what would you try to attack as the main thing to destroy the faith of Christians? Wouldn't it be the Word of God? Wasn't that the exact tactic that Satan took in the Garden of Eden when he said, "Yea, hath God said to Eve?" To what, Eve, what was the what was the first sin of the Bible that really we saw? in the Garden of Eden it was when Satan went to Eve to tempt her and he said yea hath God said what did he do? he questioned God's word and he's still doing the same thing today except he's doing it on a bigger scale he's doing it with whole Bibles that have been perverted and corrupted and um, whole lines whole verses removed from these those whole verses removed from the NIV verses that are really important um, all kind of references to the deity of Christ removed, taken away. The Bible says the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shall preserve them from this generation forever. That's what God promised and said he was going to do that he would keep those words and preserve them from this generation forever and then you have the people say oh well it's only in the original Greek, well God said he was going to keep those words and preserve them from this generation forever why would God just if he, if he said that and, and there's all kind of people that don't read Greek and Hebrew and these types of things I mean that would pretty much be a def- uh, you're, you're, you're defeating the faith by doing that no I believe that the King James Bible is the word of God comes from a totally different pedigree and lineage than the revised version of 1881 that was that was and again if you have any doubts about this issue please email me and I will be more than happy to email you all kind of information confirming this um I just believe it's that important. I really do. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, verse 3, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, the Word of God is our foundation. Now, if you go by the NIV, then you might as well go by the American Standard. Or the ESV. What what does that one say for the egregious standard version? I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. There's literally hundreds of versions out there now. God is not the author of confusion. Why would He do that to us? Are you telling me... The Bible says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Well, are you telling me every time the, the, the guys come out with a new version that's copywritten, because that's why they one of the main reasons they make the versions, because they can copyright them and make more money. See, when you have a copyright, you've got to agree to change a certain amount of the words in order for it to be copywritten. Because if you don't change a certain, a, a, enough of the words, then it can't be copywritten. So that's why they come out with all these versions. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's why they continue to do these things. And that's their motivation. Money. <laughs> what Satan's motivation? Deception is the main thing. He's leavening the lump. The Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole up. Well when when you're removing words, when you're when you're translating from corrupt texts, you're leavening the word of God. And a little leaven leaveneth the whole up. It doesn't take a lot of sin to permeate. This is one of the main reasons why the church is in the state it's in. It doesn't read the right Bible. They're 501c3 corporations that have come into league with the government so that they can write off their taxes. Why do, why did they originally end up taking 501c3? I'm not saying it's the only it's the only perk. I, I know there you know if the government grants it to you they can grant all kinds of privileges. Show me one place in the Bible where Jesus or any of the apostles said incorporate your church. All it says obey the law of the land. Not if it contradicts the word of God. I don't see one one church ever ever in old or new testament that ever went to the government to seek a corporate License so that they could preach the Word of God or so that people could write it off on their taxes. Jesus said that when you give, let, let not your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Then you will have reward in heaven. But when you give, and you give so that all men can see you give... Verily, you have your reward, Jesus said. Verily, you have your reward. If that's your motivation, that's it. You're done. And when you give so you can write it off on your taxes, give me a break. That's a good motivation. That's pure. Well, I gave because, you know, I wanted to help those the church too. Yeah, but you you're not letting your right hand no not what your left hand is doing you're, you're giving so that they can have a record of it so that you can take it off on your taxes ultimately that's one of the reasons I'm not saying it's the only reason anybody will get, but it is one and it's a public form of giving they have records in these types of things it's not, it's not as though you're giving in secret I'm sorry the Bible says verily you have to reward when you give in this manner and you're giving to an apostate church half the time a 501c3 entity a corporation where the pastor is the CEO and the and the board of directors are the deacons. That is how the church corporation papers and most churches are set up. The pastors, the CEO. I'm not making this up. Please get. It's called um, "The Trail of, uh, trail, of trail of Blood Revisited" by Pastor Dixon. If you don't know how to get this book, please email me. I will get. I will get you the ordering information. Um, I believe it's also under unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com You need to read this book because I'm very, very big on what kind of things are we doing in the church to leaven the church? What, what things are we doing to limit the church? Once we start doing things that are leavening the church then our lives our ministries are going to be leavened and they're going to be affected and and it will affect us spiritually it will this is this these two reasons i believe are the main reason the church is in the state it's in the bible they're reading and the corporate status they've taken and the motivations behind it all little leaven leaven of the whole lump those two pieces of leaven that i just mentioned have essentially destroyed the church a lot of the other heresies that we talk about is as a direct byproduct of that Of those two things. Pastors taking licenses in order to preach from the state that they live in. I don't really see how that's biblical either. Wasn't that what Pilgrim's Progress was all about? Was it good enough for him? You know, I'm just... Come let us reason together, saith the Lord. And when you're reading a false Bible, one other thing I want to... And I don't know why I got off on this tangent today. I just pray to God. It's the Holy Spirit that's leading me to do this. But... Bible says in Proverbs 13, 13, 13, 13, okay, 13 being the number of rebellion, whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. That's what it says. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. When you're reading a false version, isn't that kind of like despising the word a little bit? I mean, you're, you're, you're reading a false version. What if you say, well, I, I don't even like the King James <laughs> In fact, I don't like it at all. I'm going to read this verse. It's easy to read. I like what it says better. It's not as harsh. Who said so despises the words shall be destroyed? There's a lot of warnings is what I'm trying to tell you. Look at the very, very, very last... I believe it's the last verse of the Bible. Now, this is how the Bible ends. Okay? Revelation 22, verse 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book... If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Now, what does that mean? Adding unto the words of this book of the Bible. If you add to it, He'll add the plagues. Do you know that there are a lot of these guys that have done these translations, all kind of horrific physical things have happened to them. They've died very quickly. This is a this is a this is a fact. Okay. And then it says in verse. Nineteen, And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, well, like I said before, the NIV alone um, takes out 64,098 words to be exact. They've taken away that much of the text. But if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. Whoa. I Hey, I'm sorry. This is what the Bible says. And out of the holy city... And from the things which are written in this book, wow! So that's what the Bible says. Anyway, let's get back to the to the uh, to the thing here. So, um, in fact, most people consider this idea ludicrous that such a detailed script script could ever be written, so that virtually everything that comes out of the mouth of a of a Council of Foreign Relations members member is scripted. Now, we're, now remember, we're getting back to the story we were talking about before. In fact, the Illuminati realizes that most people simply will not believe this to be true, and they count on the willing ignorance of the average citizen to cover their activities. But what they also are doing is by saying these things is they're conditioning us mentally, knowing that the masses really aren't going to do anything about it, but they want to still condition us so it won't be such a shock when it does happen. As we have stated on many occasions, the Illuminati plan calls for at least New York City to be hit by a terrorist nuke. Now listen to the New World Order author, Bill Cooper. He wrote the, he wrote the book, Behold a Pale Horse. This is on page 177. Quote, Can you imagine what will happen if Los Angeles is hit by a 9.0 quake? New York City is destroyed by a par- terrorist planned atomic bomb? World War Three breaks out in the Middle East. The banks and the stock markets collapse. Extraterrestrials land on the White House lawn. Oh, oh, now he's really getting crazy. Well, this is a quote from Bill Cooper now, number one. And number two, let me ask you a question. Why do you think we've had all this alien stuff shoved down our throat for so long? Do you think it's just because nothing's ever going to become of it? Come let us reason together. Now, do I think that's a gigantic deception as to what it really is? Yes, I do. But I'm saying there's a reason they're doing it. They're not spending all these billions of dollars to put out alien movies and, and and condition us and all the... Trust me, there's reasons behind all of this. But see, this is stuff the church doesn't get into. Oh, no, we can't talk about this. It's just God's love of practical living... Hey, I'm all for that, but let's have some balance as well. That's why I do what I do. I know, I know what I do seems very one-sided, but I see that, that this is not being done in the church. So this is the way that God's led me. The the people that meet with me on Sundays, we've been in the church for years and years. Okay. Not to say any of us are perfect because we're not. Okay? But these are issues that do need to be addressed and are not being addressed. So, he says, um, going on with this quote, extra, extraterrestrials laying on the White House lawn, food disappears from the markets. Some people disappear. Fake rapture. Don't think they don't have that orchestrated as well. And they have the technology to do it. If you have any doubts on that, please do a keyword search for Project Blue Beam, which is a governmental... United States um, government-sponsored program. Please, do do the research. Don't take my word. Check it out. Some people disappear, and the Messiah presents himself to the world all in a very short period of time. Now, could you imagine... I mean, it's volatile enough as it is right now in the world scene. But could you imagine? Los Angeles is hit by a 9.0 quake. New York City is, de- is destroyed by a terrorist-planned atomic bomb. World War III breaks out in the Middle East. Banks and stock markets collapse, particularly in America. Extraterrestrials land on the White House lawn. Food disappears from the markets. Some people disappear. And then the Messiah presents himself to the world. Sounds like a pretty good scenario. And you know, if you were the devil, when were you going to hit somebody? When they're real strong, or were you going to hit them when they're already down and delusional and weak? Be the best time to hit them, I would think. You are going to hit your enemy. Hit him. Hit him when he's hit him when he's reeling. He don't even know it's going. Got so much stuff going on. The Bible says that that many are going to be offended, and the love of many is going to wax cold. Many are going to fall away. If it were possible, even the very elect will be deceived. So the Bible says, not only does Cooper mention New York City being hit as a planned terrorist nuclear device, but since the Illuminati loves to, quote, telegraph its punches, he has a whole link on telegraphing punches. I did a 14-city tour last May on the Avion Flu. I have a whole section on how the Illuminati telegraphs their punches. If you want to get my DVD, you can go up to cuttingedge.org and do a keyword search for Avion Flu or Scott Johnson, you can get my DVD, and I go into um, how they telegraph their punches. Uh, Now, if you get my DVD, email me, because I have a disclaimer that I want to put out with that DVD that you need to read before you get it, that's not going to be included with the DVD you order. So, anyway, um, the Illuminati loves to telegraph their punches, and then... David goes on to say, I'm watching the current series of of number 24 with fear and trepidation. The new 24, now this is this new show that's on TV. The new 24 opened with scenes of Islamic urban terror. Multiple acts of terror were being carried out in multiple cities. Civilian losses were reported in many hundreds overall. And the president was very concerned. His cabinet included a very hardline White House chief of staff. His name was Lennox, I guess. Who favored dictatorial measures, including herding of tens of thousands of people into concentration camps. Now, this is going to be an excuse when they impose martial law to hurt a lot of people into concentration camps. Anybody who's viewed as a potential threat to society. Anybody who would be considered a terrorist. Now, if you are a Bible-believing fundamental Christian, the government officially considers you a terrorist. Terrorist threat. They're basically a terrorist. Anybody who believes the King James Bible is the true word of God is considered a terrorist. There's an FBI brochure that that goes into this specifically. In fact, I've emailed it out. where It basically says it. I mean, it's an actual copy of this. So don't don't kid yourself in thinking we're just talking about people from the Middle East or illegal aliens. Because they're not. This is an excuse that they can use to round up the fundamental Christians and get rid of them. telling you right now, that's what it's all about. The ending of the second show was startling for two reasons. Now we're back to this number 24. Here's why the, the ending of the second show was startling. Number one, all of America undoubtedly shared the shock and wrenching feeling in the gut when they watched live satellite feeds showing the explosion of a suitcase nuclear bomb. This is what's on this show, okay? This scene was in the Oval Office as the President and members of his cabinet watched the unfolding horror of all horrors, a nuclear explosion in the urban area. Number two, the scene is exactly what the Illuminati has planned for all of America. This is exactly what they've been saying for years and years and years. Now, let us get back to the unparalleled disaster which number 24 is about to portray to the American people. At the end of the Monday show, we saw that one suitcase nuclear bomb has exploded, that four more were in the country. Following weekly segments segments are going to reveal the frantic efforts of government officials to find these four bombs before they are detonated. And the sheer terror unleashed in America when at least some of the remaining four are exploded. Again, this is a conditioning tool. Americans will watch their beloved country being ravaged by conventional and nuclear terrorism and feel the terror being displayed on the screen. When Americans on 24 lose their constitutional rights... In liberties, and when some Americans are caught in the wide net of the concentration camp program, many average American viewers will sympathize with authorities and convince themselves that this terrible action was justified by the events. See, that's why they have these crises to bring about their agenda, and it's always going to seem like a great reason. That's what the, I mean. They're not going to just do this and say, "Well, we just did it because we're we're." We're, uh, Luciferian Satanists closet Luciferian Satanists and <laughs> we just want to see y'all die and we want to get rid of these fundamental Christians because you know they're one of the biggest roadblocks we've got now again bear all this in mind with what I had said before God is still on the throne he's not going to just let his all of his remnant be destroyed but another thing you have to ask yourself is let's, let's have a little balance there are we better than the martyrs That went down through antiquity. Jesus Christ being the first one. Are we better than Jesus Christ? Then the apostles. Are we better than the apostles? Are we better than all the ones that the Catholic Church massacred during the Inquisition? Are we better than they? And the whole families that were killed in horrific ways. Are we better than them? We're going into right now the most wicked, ruthless time humanity has ever known. Do the math. What do you think? You think that we're going to be spared? We're just going to get out of jail free card pass from the rapture? I don't know. It really wouldn't line up with previous history if we were. Now, I'm not saying God's not capable of protecting His remnant. I think that that's one of the reasons that you need to be right with the Lord. <laughs> you know, um, There's also a couple references in the Bible that you can reference in the New Testament where God, uh, Jesus said, pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming on this world. That's something we should be praying for. And if we pray for it and if we're right with God, there's a good likelihood that we are, that we are going to escape the things that are coming on the world. Uh, But don't kid yourself. If you're in one of these stadium churches, or one of these apostate churches, and you think you're going to get a jail, get an out-of-jail-card-free-card-pass with the rapture, I think you're delusional. I really do. I really think you're delusional. Chances are you're not even saved. If you're in one of those churches under that, and there's no conviction to get out, or no conviction that anything's wrong, how could the Holy Spirit be living inside you? I mean, granted, out of the people that are here, the majority of us in this room... We are caught in deception. I was caught in deception right from the get-go when I got saved, as far as that. But I do believe I was saved. God brought me out of it. The Holy Spirit living inside me convicted me and eventually brought me out of all this stuff. Showed me a lot of stuff along the way so that I was able to go and help other people. My concern is when you have somebody in the churches that are in there year after year after year and there's no conviction to get out and they're in some apostate church. If the Holy Spirit's living inside you, Ah, why isn't there some conviction that there's stuff going on that's wrong and you need to get out of there or you need to search it out a little bit further hey it's a Christian self check am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth would it be better for me not to say anything Or, or is it more loving to actually go to somebody and say hey listen you know I mean just think about this so these are things we do need to think about um And, and, and there are things that are okay to pray about as well. So, getting back to the article, um, therefore, when the actual terror event is unfolding, too many Americans will simply go along with the illegal acts of the governments, having been prior conditioned to this awful show. Since the Illuminati loves to telegraph its punches, I believe it highly likely that the remarks of CFR's Bill Richardson, and when I say CFR, I mean Council of Foreign Relations, Bill Richardson above reflects the actual Illuminati planning on parallel disasters, what the Illuminati has planned. However, please carefully consider that these terrible events are to happen together as a unit. Further, former Satanists have told me that the entire set of disasters will occur in a 13-week time frame, or in 91 days. Now, who would know better than somebody who was a former Satanist that was that was part of this. Oh, uh, you can't trust any of those guys or whatever. He said former. God has brought some of these people out and saved them miraculously. With God all things are possible. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? That's what the Bible says. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Hmm. No, I don't think there is God. There is nothing too hard for you. You know Why? You're God. You created the universe. You created humanity. You created everything. Okay? What's too hard for God? Just let that be your reality. That's why I'm saying. Keep what I'm saying with balance. I'm not I'm not just giving you all doom and gloom here today. God's still on the throne. God always, always, always preserves a remnant. Always. So not all the Christians are going to just be wiped off the planet. Actually, we're going to have victory in the end. That's the reality, is we're going to have the victory. What we may have to make, go through to attain that victory, I don't know. That's a, that's really God's business. But we can pray to be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon the world. The Bible does say that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, the Bible says the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself but the simple pass on and are punished are you foreseeing this evil are you preparing spiritually I think I don't think, think it's wrong to, to, to prepare physically either as long as you're not motivated out of the fear of man because that's what most of this will engender in most people fear of man oh, oh I've got to protect myself and this and that and that well you know hey I think it's great to protect your family I think it's important But let's have balance too You don't want to be motivated out of fear of man Why? Because the Bible says The fear of man bringeth a snare Okay, that's an exact quote from the Bible I forget exactly what it's at Proverbs somewhere But the fear of man bringeth a snare But the fear of God Is the beginning of wisdom The beginning of understanding The beginning of knowledge The angel of the Lord Encampeth around about them that fear him Fear who? God So that's what the Bible says. How do you get fear of the Lord? Well, primarily by reading the Word. That Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs one nineteen, one fifteen, or one o five. That Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. Hmm. That's interesting. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to Thy word, Psalm 119, 9. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. Proverbs three verse five and six. So that's how you do it. These are these are. I'm, I'm trying to give you practical biblical things. And see, when I give you a Bible verse, I'm not giving you my opinion. Because I really want to try to stay away from that. I want to make sure if if I give you an opinion, it's biblically based. Because we can have opinions that are right. The problem is, is most people have opinions, and they're wrong. They're unbiblical. If my opinion is unbiblical, then it's wrong. I'm not trying to hold them to a higher accountability than I would hold myself. So, going on, the Satanists have told him, these former Satanists, that... This most likely, the set of disasters that will really most likely lead up to the emergence of the Antichrist and the start of the Tribulation, will be, prior to that, will be a 13-week time frame, a 91-day time frame, when all these horrific things are going to probably happen at the same time. Now, you can imagine, if they use 9-11 to take away as many rights as they've done, and they have, they... Railroad and all kind of legislation for 9/11 could you imagine if you had multiple things going on within a short time period the panic the chaos that that's going to create is it going to increase your faith or is it going to, or, is it, or are you going to fall away because the Bible says anything that can be shaken will be shaken that those things that cannot be shaken will remain and these were in reference to the true biblical Christians He's in reference to separating the lukewarm, the hot and the cold. God says, you know, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said that, but this is a biblical thing. This is what's coming. The separation, we're right on the cusp of the separation, I believe. To be honest with you, I mean, as it, frustrating as it is to see the way apostate Christianity is in America, there's a certain part of me that's almost relieved. I hate to say it. Now, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking forward if, 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 if agony and suffering and torture is my lot. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm not going to act as, though. oh, yes, I can't wait. Let's go. I can't wait to get my head chopped off or whatever. I'm, I, I, would, I would be a fool. I would be a liar to say such a thing. Okay, but the Holy Spirit lives inside you, and if you are predestined to go through these things, then He will give. Then His grace is sufficient. He will give you the strength. You cannot do it by yourself. You can't go into this thinking in your own mind. Oh, I'm just going to get big and tough, and I'm going to never deny. And you and you're trying to do this on your own power. You got to go to the Lord and get on your knees like a little baby. I I think, all I'm saying is, I'm not telling you how to pray, but I'm saying that this would be, um, you know, humbling yourself before the Lord, coming before the Lord as a little child and saying, Lord, I don't have the strength to do that. I don't have the strength, you know, if they're going to do all these things to me and my family, I don't have the strength to to, uh, physically, but the Bible says I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Bible also says greater is he that lives within me than he that lives within the world. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, in other words, that lives within us is greater than he that lives within the world. Satan and his his army. So, we do have the strength, but we have to understand how we appropriate and who we appropriate the strength through. And that's why it's so important to memorize the word of God, because... You know, you hide your word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Hiding God's word in your heart will strengthen you. You'll be able to draw upon that. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, how do we increase our faith? Because a lot of this is going to become a faith issue very, very soon. When you've got all this staring down the gun barrel at you, you better draw upon the thing that the only thing that you can really draw upon to build your faith, and that's the Word of God. You have to have it hidden in your heart to draw upon it. What if they take away your Bible? What verses are you going to quote to yourself? You need to have these things. And I'm not saying you have to memorize the whole Bible, but I'm saying it works. It works. I'm telling you, it works if you just do this. Got to draw upon the Word of the Lord. That's what you're ha- going to have to go to. In the time that we're moving into. And I think that's why it's so important to go to the right word. <laughs> what if you're quoting an apostate Bible? You think that might affect your faith? I, I, I mean, if that's what our faith is based on. Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But it says, if you continue in my word, if, if. It's... it's Faith cometh by hearing. Hear by the word of God. Okay. It's all based on the word. I'm telling you. That's why this is so important. It's getting, it's coming down to the point where it may be the only thing that you have is the scripture verses in your head. It's going to be important then if you don't have them memorized or the ones that, that you, it's going to be really important then. Now, how do, we, how do we draw upon to memorize all these things? I believe the Bible says, Jesus said, that when I go, I will send another, the Comforter. And, you know, He will convict you of these things that, that you need to know. And, and, and I think you need to draw upon that. You, you need to ask the Lord to have, have the Holy Spirit help you memorize these verses and, and, and be able to draw upon them and these types of things. Going on with the article says, Thus, I believe it is no accident that Richardson's remarks about the dangers of a nuclear terrorist device and the series number 24 have a nuclear terrorist plot this year. Plus, the rumors of war against Iran may add up to an unparalleled disaster throughout the world. World War Three is likely to erupt and very soon, triggering terrorism throughout the Western world and the loss. Of democratically elected governments in every nation now electing its leaders, America's Constitution will be dissolved, using terrorism as the excuse. And it pretty much is dissolved already, almost. But um, not only is this the plan, but it's it's the major part of the current number twenty-four series. See, they're preconditioning us for this. They're they're they want us they want us to already have this in our heads, so that when it happens. You know, hey, I've seen this before. We'll just do what they did on the TV show. We'll go like sheep to the slaughter. The sheeple people, Doug? Sheeple people. I heard that expression. I love it. I don't love it, I don't love the fact that it's weird, but I like the I like the expression. I think it's I think it's apropos. So anyway, the next article says General Franks doubts Constitution will survive weapons of mass destruction attack. General Franks, he, he doubts that our Constitution, it's going down the tubes because uh, we got to have something more than a Constitution in order to protect us. We've got, it's just not working anymore. They're doing everything they can to destroy, it, is really the reality. General Tommy Frank says that if the United States is hit with a weapon of mass destruction that inflicts large casualties, the Constitution will likely be discarded in favor of a military form of government. Imagine that. What, like martial law? The former commander of the military central command warned that if terrorists succeed in using a weapon of mass destruction against the U.S. or one of our allies, it would likely have catastrophic consequences for our cherished Republic form of government. Um, The New World Order plan could have not been stated any better. Now listen to the original plan as taught by the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, one of the premier Illuminati planning documents falsely written as a Jewish conspiracy to take over the world. Now, again, you can get into the whole... It's a big Jewish conspiracy. It's not. Listen, Satan's at the top. Yes, a lot of the families at the top are, are Zionist Kabbalah Jews. No doubt about it. I'm not, But I am not going to sit here and blame the whole Jewish race for all of our woes. I'm not going to do it. I want to have balance in regard to dealing with the Jews. I want to have balance. I believe they got to get saved the same way we do. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons They need to come to Jesus Christ The same way that Saul of Tarsus Who was a Jew of Jews Had to come to Jesus Christ Or the apostles or all them They had to do it that way Okay. And yes I do believe the emphasis Is going back to the Jews And I believe it's going to be soon Because the Bible says Blindness in part has happened to the Jew Until the fullness of the Gentile coming in Well I believe the fullness of the Gentile Is pretty close it's going to go back to the Jew, the emphasis. I believe it is. And then you're going to have your 12 tribes, Jews, Jewish male versions who have not defiled themselves with women, going around the world, preaching the gospel. And that's going to be literally fulfilled. I believe all that. You know, The Bible says it's going to be that way. Um, but I just understand we need to have some balance here. And we're going to talk more about that in this lesson. Um, this... Protocols of Learned Elders of Zion states in Protocol 11, says the Gentiles are a flock of sheep. We are their wolves. And you know what happens when the wolves get a hold of the flock. There's no reason also why they close their eyes. For we shall keep promising them to give back all their liberties we have take, that we have taken away as soon as we have quelled the enemies of peace and tamed all the parties. Isn't that the lie we're being told today? Oh, We're just going to take this away temporarily. No, they're going to take it away permanently. It is not worthwhile to say anything about how long a time they will be kept waiting for the return of liberties. They just laugh at us, for the most part, I think. So, uh, make no mistake about where this war on terror is leading us. Straight into totalitarianism, more on terror. Now, this is continuing this Protocol 11. While the peoples of the world are still stunned by the accomplished fact of the revolution, still in a condition of terror and uncertainty, now this is what we're going into, they should also recognize once and for all that we are so strong, so inexpungable, meaning they can't be expunged from office, they can't be removed, so abundantly filled with power, Yet in no case shall we take any account of them. Now, you know what I believe? I believe God's on the throne. He can take any amount of, of power anytime he wants. That's what I believe, and I'm going to keep believing it. But anyway, goes on to say, and so far, far from paying any attention to their opinions or wishes, we are ready and able to crush with irresistible power all expression or manifestation thereof at any moment and in every place that we have seized at once everything we wanted. That's if we don't go along with their plan, they're able to just crush us anytime they want. Then in fear and trembling, they will close their eyes to everything and be content to await to await what will be the end of it all. Well, that's why the Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare. Oh, I'm going to go in a, a, a corner and cower somewhere and not believe God is God and He's still not on the throne. See, it doesn't matter what any of these people say to me. Because God's still on the throne. He's still on the throne. So this seems to be the kind of terror which is building on the current 24 TV series. America's going to be in for a very rough time, and we believe it will occur occur before the rapture. Now, Cutting Edge has two positions on the rapture. I'm not going to even get into that. I'm not. You know what I'm doing with the rapture? I'm hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. I don't even want to get dogmatic about it anymore. Because there's going to be so many deceptions. They're probably going to fake a rapture, too. The cultists are going to. And then there's going to be all kinds of Christians. And again, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, is how I feel pretty much about that. I feel as though, no matter what happens in the future, you need to be prepared for the worst, hope for the best. You know, hope that God, you know, will intervene in these types of things. But if it doesn't happen, be prepared in your mind. You know, hey... No matter what happens, God. No matter what happens. And, um, you know, just just don't fall away. Now, I said all that to say this. Did you need to? Okay. I said all that to say this. It's kind of everything that I said today, now we're going to get into some more current events. And, and I just got this last night. And it was breaking news. And I don't know if this was on the news today or not. I, a lot of the stuff that I get is not on ma- mainstream media. But it says, Bush calls for capture of U.S. sailors inexcusable. Ahmad Jihadim rips the United Kingdom for not following legal logical way to resolve the issue. President Bush said Saturday that Iran's detention of 15 military British soldiers was inexcusable and that Tehran must release them immediately. Now, he writes in here, it's time for the U.S. to release the five Iranians seized by, seized by American forces in Iraq. Bush's illegal occupation of the White House in Iraq is inexcusable, too. Okay? We evidently have five Iranian Iranians that we've had. Now, I will get into that in a second. Uh, and again, this is another article. Bush calls for Iran to free UK sailors. Bush on Saturday called for the release of 15 British sailors. Um, Iran must give back the hostages. Bush said they're innocent, they did nothing wrong. They were summarily plucked out of the waters. Uh, Now that's very, very subject uh, to some scrutiny there as well. The Iran-Iraq maritime boundary shown by the British government does not exist. Now they were saying they, they had violated some boundary, but this boundary he's contending does not exist. It has been drawn up by the British government. So if they drew it up, obviously it's going to be skewed towards. And again, please, you you could be sitting here saying, Oh, no, I don't believe it. Well, just understand, you're you're getting this from mainstream news. Who owns the mainstream news? The very 13 families that I just quoted before. In some way, shape, or form control the media. So, what would be more logical? To look at this with a raised eyebrow and say, Well, maybe this isn't... Please... Just understand what you're getting in the mainstream news is most likely a lie or, or a perversion of the truth. <clears throat> he goes on to say, only Iraq and Iran can agree to their bilateral boundaries. They have never done this in the Gulf. Only inside the what he calls the shot. Because there is a land border there too. This published boundary is fake with no legal force. Except in the British coordinates for the position of both the HMS Cornwall incident, both were closer to Iran, Iranian land than Iraqi land. Uh, then, another article. U.S. rejects Iranian captivities exchange. captives exchange. Officials have ruled out a deal to exchange 15 Royal Navy personnel captured in the Gulf for five Iranians, seized by American forces. Doesn't that kind of seem like they're really trying to provoke them? Give us back our five, and we'll give you 15. Well, that's a pretty fair deal I would say the Iranians or now I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm like a sympathizer with terrorists but I'm saying if we, if they've got 15 of our guys I mean if you were in their shoes wouldn't it be reasonable for, for you to say well now we've at least got a bargaining chip we can get back our five guys I mean isn't that we're giving you 15 no we won't do that it's our way or no way um this next article, Iran's president said that Britain is not following legal and logical way in its attempts to solve the crisis over the fifteen Royal Navy personnel taken captive. Um, I, you know, I'd be honest with you. On the surface, this looks like he's got a really good point. I mean, if, they, if we've got five of their guys and they've wanted to get them back and we wouldn't give them back, they finally now have some kind of bargaining chip. Can you really blame them for wanting to get back their five? But see, what we're trying to do is provoke them. Provoke, provoke, provoke. So that when this does happen, and we're going to get into what's going to probably happen here very soon, it'll be okay. Um, so anyway, those those were a couple of current events from, from last night. Now, there's a guy that I've been following for about over a year. His name's Ken Welch. I'm not going to get totally dogmatic about this. Uh, his information but what I'm saying to you is a confirmation of everything we've just been reading. Okay, and when I see confirmation from different and various, varying sources, you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. That's what the Bible says. So, I'm just seeing a lot of of stuff pointing in the same direction in regard to this, okay? Ken Welch does a analysis called um, Reverse Speech... um, Remember, um, analysis, where he actually will take speeches of various and sundry political leaders, reverse the speech, and analyze to see if there's any clues. Now, if you've heard of back ma- backward masking on lock records, there's validity to that, okay? Now, some of them are absolutely, totally, demonically backmasked. Some of them, like the Beatles had put out some things that were that were they were purposely trying to do it many, many times though they 'll backmas things and, and, and I believe it's just the intentions of the recording coming out on there there's validity to this and in the occult, one of the things that 's emphasized, especially by Aleister crowley is is doing things like walking backwards, talking backwards, things of this nature. Why that is, I'm not 100% sure, other than it's just a perversion of the way it should be. Well, this man analyzes speeches. And many times you can actually find out hidden intentions of a person by analyzing their speech backwards. He does a lot of this with Bush and Cheney and and a lot of of Condoleezza Rice and these types of people. And he has... I've been following this guy for about a year... And there's sometimes there's two or three months that goes by, and there's there's nothing put out by him whatsoever. Nothing. But he's made a very, very good case that there's, a, there's an attack, that there's a crisis coming in regard to Iran that's going to be nuclear in nature. And it's going to basically be propagated by our government. They're going to be the actual source of it. And he's made a very, very good... Um, point for this, and he put out this thing the other night it was called Nuclear War Alert now if you want to read about this more you go to Ken K-E-N dash Welch W-E-L-C-H dot com before you judge this matter the Bible says, whoso judgeth the matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and a shame unto him where does it say that? Proverbs 18 verse 13 if you judge this matter before you hear it it's a folly and a shame unto you you know, hey, my mind's made up. Don't confuse me with the facts. That's what most Christians do. Well, we're li- we're living right now in the in the in the greatest deception that the world's ever known, ever. Many will run to and fro, and knowledge will increase. That's what the Bible says in Daniel twelve four. Many are running to and fro right now. Knowledge is increasing, and a lot of that knowledge is false. A lot of it's demonic. People are running to and fro, seeking the words of God, and they're not finding it. That says it in Amos. It's because they don't even have the right Bible. They're being led astray. My children are destroyed for lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee and thy children, and thou shalt be a priest to me no more. Because they've rejected knowledge. So really be careful what knowledge you're rejecting. Okay. Ultimately, the knowledge that will get you to hell Is rejecting the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ His death, burial, and resurrection The saving atonement provided through these events And his, the shedding of His blood That's true But there's other knowledge out there that is also truth That you could be destroyed for, 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 for um, Physically at least For rejecting it I mean, if you have a poison glass of orange juice and you drink the orange juice and you die and you're a born-again Christian, didn't you just die for lack of knowledge? Yeah, you did. Doesn't mean you're not still going to heaven, just but you were destroyed for lack of knowledge. You were just physically. Anyway, just to bring up that as a point. So if you if you have any doubts about this, go up to Ken Welch, Ken-Welch. Dot com. And again, I'm not going to get dogmatic about every single thing he's got up on the site. But I'm saying it is, a, I believe, a piece of the puzzle. And it's a confirming piece of the puzzle. He has he has a nuclear war alert. He's, he's on status orange right now. And this was put out a couple days ago, March 29th. Reflecting that the U.S. plans for a nuclear attack on the Republic of Iran. And this is for the period of April 6th through April 11th. Remaining on track. Now, he has confirmed this through various different sources that he has and also this reverse speech. He's saying that they have a that we have a plan um, a nuclear attack plan for Iran April 6th through April 11th. And as as far as he can see from what his knowledge says, this is on track. Now there's other conf- there's other sources now that are confirming this. There was a source that came out um, through a guy, uh, supposedly through Russian intelligence, to basically confirm this, but it had a little it had a kind of a little different twist to it. And David Bay talked a lot about that one. Okay, so this isn't he's not the only guy saying this. Okay, and obviously we just read a whole bunch of stuff that would be a precursor to this. Okay, so number one, this is his nuclear war alert. Number one, although the objective of the attack is to seize Iranian oil reserves. The entire country will be attacked and tremendous loss of life will be anticipated. Now, if you look at a map of the Middle East, you've got Israel, Syria, Iraq, Iran, and Afghanistan. Iran is a big country. It's bigger than Iraq. It's bigger than Afghanistan, probably put together. Iran is the last piece of the missing puzzle The last land acquisition that has to take place in order for them to complete the pipeline, the oil pipeline. Now remember, Bush and Cheney are oil men. Cheney was the CEO of Halliburton, which is basically like a big oil company before he became vice president. Bush and their family are all old oil families this is the main reason that we got that we wanted Iraq in the first place is for the oil reserve so we could take control of that in the Middle East so that they could basically keep all the profits without having Iran they don't really have a way to route the pipeline properly and not only that there's a lot of oil there too so this is this is one of the main reasons all of this is happening from their standpoint okay they want to take the they want to take Iran for that reason And and there's others, but that's one of the main. Number two, at this time, all persons currently inside Iran should be making urgent preparations to leave using any pretext available. With the strong possibility of not returning, those who cannot leave should be locating to an underground shelter, gathering supplies that will allow them to stay in that shelter for as long as possible. This is what he's saying to people if you're already in Iran. better get out, or if you're not, you better get underground. Number three, anyone living in Syria should also be making plans for an emergency foreign vacation. Because concurrent attack upon Syria by Israel is very likely. This will also involve the use of nuclear weapons. Now, we're going to start using nukes now. We're going to start, we're going to actually, since Hiroshima and Nagasaki, I believe if there was ever a time we've ever been in where nukes are going to... If God permits it, again, God's on the throne, but if if it were ever a time when they were going to be used, we could see that. I'm talking real shortly. I'm talking in the next week. And from really here on out. Really here on out. Number four, all people in the Middle East and adjoining areas in the Western Asia should be reviewing safety procedures related to radioactive contamination carried on by the wind. Number five, U.S. residents should be aware that a relatively small nuclear detonation on U.S. soil, centered around Easter weekend, which is next Saturday, is the most likely, probable, triggering event. Now again, it's the trigger. Suitcase nuke goes off, and New York, or Houston, wherever, we're going to have every supposed excuse in the world to go attack Iran. Look what these terrorists did to us again. We had 9-11 and now this. It's all a lie from the pit of hell. But that's going to be the pretext for war. They're going to come out smelling like a rose because you know what? They're going to oppose martial law. What, Taylor? No, when... when I was, my little girl asked me a question in regard to when this would happen. Would, would there be any kind of lull time as far as a lock, pretty much lockdown? No, I believe they're going to lock down America at that point. They're going to accomplish two things by doing this. Not only they are going to ultimately, if the Lord permits it, get, act, get full control over Iran, but they'll have martial law imposed here in this country. And when martial law kicks in, you know, I'm saying it could be this close. It could, this is why, one of the reasons I'm going to be putting this out, I'm going to try to get this up on Sermons Audio soon, I've been putting out a lot of emails, is one of the reasons I'm doing this, it's the same reason I did that, 14-city tour last May on the Avion flu because if there's enough information out there, if there's enough public awareness of something, many times that causes the Illuminati to back off and they say, okay, we can't do this. Too many people know about it. We've been found out. This is why I'm doing this. Not to try to scare everybody, but not only the public awareness but what's more important is the prayer that's going up. If we pray about it, prayer can move mountains. The effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. But what if we don't know even to pray about it? We don't even know to pray about it. Most of the so-called Christians and the Christian Zionist movement, we're going to talk about that in a second, they're saying, no, 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 we want the nuke. We want it to be, we want to nuke them. We want to do it. We got to do it now. Oh yeah, you're going to read this. Show me in the Bible where Jesus says, thou shalt nuke them. Thou, thou shalt kill as many as you can. Because you need to take the reins as Christians. Did Jesus Christ do that? Did the apostles do that? Did the martyrs do that? Are we better than they? Oh, well, what? We're under a different agenda now? we under a different covenant all of a sudden? I don't think so. So. Um, this this event, this nuclear event, Blake, on U.S. soil will most likely be blamed on Iran. U.S. response could be immediate or slight or delayed, with the possibility of um. Oh, he's saying the date four eleven. It, it might happen then, because it would be a kind of a a play on nine eleven. It would be psychologically a play on that. Who knows if that would happen or not? Number six, currency, currency markets are expected to be in turmoil. Hey, you know what? You know why gas is going up right now? Have you seen the stinking gas pumps right now? You know why? Because of this, this Iranian thing. Oh, I heard something the other day. It said, oh, our, our oil fields are always in turmoil in the springs because of this or that. I, no, 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 no. It's Iran. That's why the oil prices are going... of course, that's the excuse they're giving us. That's that's just an excuse as far as I'm concerned, too. Value of Iranian Syrian currencies may fall to zero. The dollar is also likely to fall as well, while prices for gold and silver will rise dramatically. That's what I'm saying. It's it's, it's a no-brainer. Gold and silver is a no-brainer. You cannot take away the intrinsic value of gold and silver. I don't care what happens to the economy. The intrinsic value of gold and silver will always be there. The only way it wouldn't be there is if they found some gold and silver mine tomorrow that had you know, literally billions of tons of gold and silver and flooded the market with it. Well, then it wouldn't have as much extrinsic value because there'd be so much of it. But because it is rare, because it is a rare metal, it's always going to have an intrinsic value. Okay, so a complete shutdown of oil shipments from the Persian Gulf will lead to astronomic prices for crude oil. So I'm telling you right now, one of the things you should do this week, I think, would be wise. And I, I'm I do I'm I'm doing this myself. If you have gas cans, and if you don't buy them, they're not that expensive. Get get some gas. Because if, if this happens next week, or if this were to happen in the next month even, you may not even be able to get gas. Even though our government has plenty of resources in America, particularly in Alaska, and if, if you doubt that, email me and I'll, I'll send you the information on that. That's a whole other subject. We're not taking, availing ourselves to these, to these oil supplies. This is another way they can control us. Okay, if gas goes up to six or nine bucks a gallon, it's going to be kind of rough. Okay? This would be another way they can destroy the middle class. Okay? And they're going to say, well, we don't have any choice. We can't get oil from there anymore. All the Muslims are mad at us because we nuked them. Even though they nuked us first. See what I- you see the scenario here? How they're going to try to come out smelling like a rose? You know one of the things we should be praying for is that the wicked, evil, satanic planes don't come to pass. And that God does intervene and He does expose them. Is that a bad thing to pray? No, I don't think it is at all. I mean, is it better that they're not exposed and everybody be deceived and destroyed for lack of knowledge? Or would it better if, if, if the truth were exposed and the truth that truth would set people free? And they would get their eyes opened. And they would get right with God. I think that would be much better. So this complete so I'm saying this week it would be a good idea to get some gas. You know, at bare minimum. You need to have some food stored up. You need to be able to be prepared that if you have to go into lockdown for a time period, that that um you have that capability to do that. Because if you don't have these things, um a little bit of provisions and things like this stored up, and all of a sudden you're out of food or you're out of this or you're out of that, and you have to venture out into the world, it might not be a very pleasant experience for you. So, going further, G- Persian Gulf will lead to astronaut prices crude oil, petroleum products of all kinds, leading to equally extraordinary profits for the Houston based oil cartel that is controlling the whole event. I'm going to be now again. I have a Christian email list that I keep you up to date on a lot of this stuff, and um, if you have, uh, you can email me, and uh, I'll I'll email this stuff to you. I've got this whole article here. Um, so anyway, that was that was uh, Ken Welch's take. Now. Remember what I said earlier? We, we've got a, a lot of uh, uh, Christians here that are saying, "No, no, no! You're wrong. We we want to nuke Iran. We've got to nuke Iran. Because if they don't, we don't nuke them first. They're going to nuke us." Oh, that's biblical. Yeah, that's. That, I see a lot of that in the Bible. See, so many times, all you get is people's opinion about what they think. Is right or wrong. And the pastors are the ones that formulate a lot of these opinions in people's heads. And they think just because they call themselves pastors, they're men of God. When in reality, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. But see, since they're not reading the Bible, they probably got the wrong Bible. They're in some 501c3 corporation called a church. They got the Christian rock bands and all their... You know, all the junk that they get into. They're deceived. They're under a spell. Is if you really want to get down to it, they're really under a spell. Like this whole country's under a spell. Well, this article... Now, I talked about Pastor Hagee last week. I'm going to go into this further. This is what I really wanted to say. I forgot to bring this last week, but it ties in nicely with what we're talking about today. It's entitled, Pastor Strange Love. Now, this was from... Um, the. Prospect. This is from a. This was a major, major news piece that came out by the American Prospect. Um, this last couple weeks. Pastor Strangelove, Texan, Texan John Hagee may not have his perfect red heifer yet, but he does have a huge following in the ear of the White House. And a theory that an invasion of Iran was foretold by the Book of Esther. Now, again, before I get into this. You talk about motivating through the fear of man. There's no motivation to the fear of God here. It's all the fear of man. But again, my people love to have it so. That's what the Bible says. They love to have it so. On Purim, a Jewish holiday that celebrates the day Queen Esther saved the Jews from annihilation, Trinity Broadcasting Network, which is one of the most apostate things on TV, their flagship show, Praise the Lord, featured an appearance by Rabbi Daniel Laban. Oh, good, a rabbi. Good, Just what we need, a rabbi. Doesn't the Bible says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what communion hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath Christ with Belial? Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Well, when you're being unequally yoked, you're touching the unclean thing. God's not going to receive you or your prayers. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 and 17 is where those verses are. So, they've, they've got, you know, true to form, Trinity Broadcasting. Right down the line, hard hardcore fundamental, King James only, Trinity Broadcasting, not... Okay, I was, that was all why, <laughs> but I'm I'm saying that in in a, in a sarcastic way, because I get really passionate about these these um, false feel good prosperity abominable television ministries that are leading people to hell. I take it with great effect. You know, the Bible says, "Be angry, be angry, and sin not." It's called righteous indignation, and it's an attribute of God. And we're going to start seeing that attribute of God very soon in this country. We're going to start. I mean, God's mercy and patience is, is is like it's it's about that far, very 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 close to being over. And there comes a time when no more mercy and no more forbearing is going to do anybody any good. See, we need judgment in this country. That's the only way this country or anybody that is potentially going to get right. That's the only way it's going to happen. It's not going to get happen through through. To the love of God or more mercy or whatever. We he's got to get our attention. God is getting ready to get our attention. Now he's going to permit evil to seemingly prevail in order to get our attention. Well, that's what Job must have been feeling like too. When he was covered with sores and boils and his whole family abandoned, he lost all his kids. That was kind of seemed like a lot of evil was coming on him. And I'm not saying it was because Job was this unrighteous man, because he wasn't. He was the most righteous man in the world, the Bible refers to him as. You know? So, <laughs> I wish that that was the case with the church. <laughs> but it's not. The, 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 the so-called Christian church is just wicked. They're, 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 they're calling evil good and good evil. But it says in the story that this... Uh, Trinity Broadcasting, having Rabbi Daniel Laban, a politically conservative orthodox rabbi, so this is a man that hates Jesus Christ by his very religion. He hates him, despises him, would we'll go by the Babylonian Talmud where it calls, in the other Talmud, where it calls Jesus all of these blasphemous names. This is a good guy to have on your stage. Good guy to get yoked up with. Of course, they've got Catholic priests sitting on, on stage with them too now at TBN. Benny Hinn looks like a Catholic priest anymore he's got the reverse collar it's just that it's a a button up a white button up shirt underneath it but he's got the notched out collar you know I mean I don't know why the Pope just doesn't make him an honorary priest you know I mean why not go all the way Popey throw some holy water on him maybe throw some ashes of some uh, dead saint on him some relic you know why not why not go all the way Laban is known for crusading with the Christian right, against the anti-religion bigotry. Well, this guy's known for this with the Christian right. This should be called the Christian wrong. Um, so he's creating them for anti religion bigotry. What does that mean? That basically what he's saying there is that don't, we as Christians, we're not going to witness to the Jews. We're going to let them be the Jews and we're going to be Christians and we can all still get along. No, we can't. We don't have any... We're we're being unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Does that mean I'm saying turn our back on the Jews? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying they've still got to get saved the same way we do. You know? And I'm not just going to have a rabbi on stage just because he's Jewish and say, Oh, bless you, rabbi, and all that you do. Bless you and all that you do. Even though you're leading people to hell with your false religion. No, I'll pray for that guy. I pray to God he gets saved. But he needs to get saved. He's taking... He's an emissary... Right now, he's an emissary of Satan taking people to hell through his false religion. That's the bottom line. But the Bible says bless them... He'll bless them that curse them and curse... Okay, what's the main blessing we could pray for the Jews? That they get saved. What's the main blessing we could ever pray for anybody? But up until that time when they get saved, I'm not going to go around saying, God, bless them in their wickedness so that they can take many, many people to hell through false religion. I'm not going to bless them in that way. My only prayer for them, and this really should be our main prayer for anybody who's unsaved, is that, Lord, whatever it takes to save them, if you have to hang them over hell to get them saved, hang them over hell. Would it be better to hang them over hell for a time... And have them burn in hell for eternity? What's more merciful? See, our, our perspective's all messed up with, with uh, pseudo Christianity in this country. So, we've got, um, uh, he's best known for crusading with the Christian right against any religion bigotry, and more recently for his close association with the convicted super lobbyist, Jack Abraham, Abraham Hamoff. Super obvious. So that's another guy you want to be yoked up with. But he was not invited to a nationwide telecast to discuss such topics as the trumped-up war against religion or better nature of his fallen friend. Now remember, this is from a secular news source I'm reading from here. But the, you know what's pathetic is that I am in agreement with the vast majority of the secular assessment of what's going on. And the Christians themselves that call themselves Christians don't even see it. They wouldn't be in agreement. Oh no, they're just—they're just. That's how—that's how delusional the pseudo-Christian church is. They can't even—they don't even know right from wrong. The world knows better than they know. The Bible talks about that in the New Testament, where the world's wiser than even the, the so-called professing Christians. Okay, so. Um, He has been asked to explain the significance of Purim to Christians. It has no significance to me. Purim is some religious holiday that the Jews celebrate on their Levitical calendar, whatever they're doing. It has no significance to... Yes, I'm glad Esther was used by God in order to deliver the Jewish people. Am I going to go around celebrating these holidays? The Bible says not to do such a thing. The Bible says not to give heed to Jewish fables. The Bible says, Paul said to them, he says, You observe days and times and months and weeks. He says, I'm afraid of you, lest I bestowed my labor on you in vain. Here, let, let me just read that verse real quick. But now, after you have known God... Now, this is an indictment to the Galatians by Paul. But now, after you have known God, or rather have known of Him... In other words, they've, they've, they know the Gospel. How, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements... These are called weak and beggarly elements. These days and times. Where until ye desire again to be in bondage? That's what they bring you into, bondage. When, when you have to go by this and that. Oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that to be saved. No. No, you don't. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, yes, you need to repent. Except you repent they will all likewise perish. And I don't think I've, I've said that enough in the previous messages. But yes, We need to repent. We need to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, trusting in His death, burial, and resurrection. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2.8 and 9. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16. Um. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So these are these are just salvation verses I'm talking about. But these people that have known God want to turn again to the weak and beggarly elements. Where they desire to be in the bondage. Why? Because it makes them feel religious. Because deep down they know they're not cutting it. Deep down they know it. Why? well then what do all false religions do? They, they desire to be in the weak and beggarly, the, the, the weak and beggarly elements of, of the bondage of false religion. They desire that because deep down they know there's something wrong with their theology. but they feel like, well it makes me religious. I'm keeping the seven sacraments, I'm praying to Buddha, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I feel religious, therefore I'm going to heaven. Does't make you you're going to go straight to hell. Oh, that's an abomination in the sight of God. The Bible says, All of our righteousness are as filthy rags. You no, know, it says, in, in Isaiah 64, 6, For all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we are all together as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Okay, so, that's what God thinks about our best day, done apart from Christ. Where unto ye desire again to be in bondage, ye observe days, and months, and times, and years, I am afraid of you lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain now this is coming from the Jew of Jews the Pharisee of Pharisees Paul who was in that bondage but but he counts it all as dung now he counts it all as dung but we've got it. we've got to celebrate these Jewish holidays to make God happy show me that in the Bible I see the exact opposite in the New Testament that's what I see so, this this orthodox devil-possessed Jewish rabbi is, is trying to convey the significance of Purim, which is this religious Jewish holiday, to Christians, and particularly how the Old Testament Book of Esther serves as a roadmap to reality, which pinpoints where the next world war hotspot will be. Again, take not heed of Jewish fables. It's one of the things God says the Bible says not to do. That soon-to-be-flaming location is where the Book of Esther was set, namely Persia or modern-day Iran. Now, now remember, this is a totally different source of information I'm talking about today here. Seated beside Laban is in the ornately gilded Trinity broadcast studio was Pastor John Hagee, the author of an incendiary new book supporting the show The Bible Predicts a Military Confrontation by, with Iran. This book's been out for a while, saying we're gonna have a nuclear confrontation with Iran, and now all of a sudden it's coming to a head. You think we might? You think the Christians might be, might have been more preconditioned for this than anyone else on the planet? We're gonna be the first ones in line to go along with the, uh, it. It's just, it's unbelievable. His book, Jerusalem Countdown. John Hagee, has sold nearly 500,000 copies and has occupied the number one position on the Walmart inspirational Bestsellers list, showed up on Walmart's top ten sellers for seven weeks, and made the USA Today top 50 seller list for six weeks. Now what does that tell you? If it was really true and if it was really real, it wouldn't be that popular, number one. The Bible says, he that is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. And to have Walmart, the most satanic um, uh, commercial type superstore in America, to be promoting your book and for you to be on their top ten list. Don't tell me that that's of God. I don't believe it. I just don't. Sorry. He that is highly esteemed among men as an abomination in the sight of God. People don't want that kind of truth. People don't want the type of truth we're talking about today, most for the most part. They want to believe what they want to believe. They want to have their ears tickled. Hagee, who serves as the head pastor for an eighteen thousand member cornstone church in San Antonio, Texas, hosts his own television program seen twice a day on TBN. We're talk about yoking up with some devils. He argues that the United States must join Israel. He argues that the United States must join Israel in a preemptive military strike—preemptive military strike against Iran—to fulfill God's plan for both Israel and the West. Show me that in the Bible where we're supposed to join up with Israel to nuke Iran preemptively. That'd be one thing if they did nuke us. It'd be one thing if Iran really legitimately did nuke us and we didn't do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> we didn't plan our own suitcase nukes. That'd be one thing. I, I Hey, and that's how it's going to seem. That's why what I'm talking about right now is going to be so unpopular. But, I mean, if we did it, and we planned it, and we orchestrated it, and the Illuminati was behind it, I think we have to look at it a little bit differently then. I'm not saying go against Israel either. I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I don't want to turn our back on Israel. No, I don't. But we do need to look at this through the veil of truth. We need to look at this in light of everything that we've presented today and in light of what the Bible clearly states. I just do not see a mandate from Christ Jesus saying, thou shalt go and kill your enemies. He says, bless them that curse you. you know, Do good to them that despitefully use you. For great your reward will be in heaven when you do such things. Um, blessed are you when men speak all manner of evil about you, for great is your reward. So there's a lot of Bible verses. Now granted, I, I do believe we have to temper that with the fact, we don't want them to be blessed in their wickedness. Oh yes, blessed in their wickedness so that they can, you know, do, no, just understand that, that, that you have to have some balance here. So, We have to have this preemptive strike against Iran with Israel to fulfill God's plan for both Israel and the West. Shortly after the the release of his book last January, he lauded... The Christian United for Israel. Christians United for Israel. It's this organization called the CUFI. A lobby organization intended, he says, to be a Christian version of the powerful American Israel Public Affairs Committee. The CUFI, which Hagee has said will cause a political earthquake, the televangelist aims to put the political organizing muscle of the conservative evangelical movement behind his grand plan for biblically prophesied end-time confrontation with Iran. Now, this would also be another first, where where we, where Christians joined up with a clearly wicked government being our own, but yet God used it all. Now I'm not saying God's not going to permit it all, but just because God permits something doesn't mean he's the author of it. Doesn't mean he's given his stamp of approval, yes, go nuke the Iranians. Just because he permits it to happen doesn't mean it's of God. Just because the Holocaust happened doesn't mean God was there smiling down saying, Yes, I'm so glad we killed the 6 million Jews and the 12 million others and 50 million that Stalin killed and Pol Pot and all these other guys. Permitting and giving the stamp of approval are two totally different things. So, this is... um, he says that uh, the televangelist aims to put the political organizing muscle of the conservative evangelical movement behind the grand plan for the biblically prophesied end-time confrontation with Iran. Now remember, all the stuff I'm talking about today, this book's been out for a while. And this is where it's so he's... You know what Hagee's looking like right now? One smart cookie. I bet you his books are flying off the shelf at Walmart now because Iran's all on the paper. Maybe that pastor was right. No, netta. Maybe he was right, Lisa. Wow! He really does know. He is a man of God. He's only 400 pounds behind the pulpit. No spirit of gluttony there. Oh, sorry. Sorry, we can't talk about those spirit of gluttony things. You know, even though Jesus did cast out all kinds of spirits from people, you know, he cast out all these things, And, and but, but I guess we can't talk about that. That's only the Pentecostals we can... Now, I could have that conversation with the Pentecostal, but not with a Baptist. So, I mean, there's some things about the Pentecostals that, that are that are better than the... And there's some things about the Baptists that are better. But see, what a lot of it boils down to is being caught in a religious system where we don't... where we, There are certain parts of Scripture we ignore because we've been indoctrinated that way. There needs to be a balance. So, and I don't even mean a balance between praying in tongues either, okay? I didn't mean to say that. But I'm saying a balance. Well, let's just go by what's in the Scripture. So... He says this end time confrontation with Iran will lead to the rapture, the tribulation, and the second coming of Christ. This is one of the main reasons he wants this. Because he believes the sooner we nuke Iran, the sooner the rapture happens. It's a selfish motivation. In fact, there was another pre- preacher that just came out with a big expose on that. Now, he didn't believe in the rapture happening at all. And, and again, I'm not gonna even, even going to go there in this conversation. But he brought up a good point. And the fact is is that these people want this so bad, these supposed conservative Christians, and I didn't realize it until I read this last night, because they know that when they nuke Iran, Rapture's right around the corner, and they get their get out of jail free card pass and don't have to suffer a lick. That's why they want this. That's sick. <laughs> they don't want they don't want to suffer nothing. And they're being told by by um you know, this preacher, that's exactly what's going to happen. He's a very good speaker. He's very convincing, if you've ever heard him, Pastor Hege. Very, very convincing. But, you know, again, convincing if you're not going by your Bible. Convincing if you haven't studied these things out. Convincing if it's the first time you've, you've ever heard it. Sure, it sounds good. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. What are the spirits behind it? If it's not the Holy Spirit, who is it? Say he's a wolf in sheep's clothing Jesus said if my kingdom were of this world my servants would fight that's what Jesus said in the gospels if my kingdom were of this world then my servants would fight but my kingdom is not of this world we, we were just we just talked here a little bit off from um, audio and about the fact that um um there's there are people out there, as many Christians, that you know, want us that, that that are known personally that, you know, yeah, we want to nuke Iran. We, we, we want to, you know, and I'm we were just talking about, you know, I just gotta find the biblical mandate for this, especially particularly in the New Testament, where Jesus said, Thou shalt go and nuke them. Thou shalt go and kill them. You know, kill them that do you evil. It says, Bless them that curse you. It doesn't say kill them that curse you. Or, 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 or snuff out their existence. Now the Quran says that. We're acting more like the Muslims than the Muslims are half the time now anymore. With this theology that's permeated the churches, we're acting like, well now not the people in this room or hopefully the people even listening to this to this recording, but I'm saying that that's, that's what is, is going on in the church. I just can't find it in the, in the New Testament anywhere. You know, we're saying maybe it's in the maybe it's in the Gospel of Judas, like like you know the new one that just came out, that blasphemous Gospel, or maybe the Shepherd of Hermes, or the Epistle of Barnabas, or maybe Maccabees. I don't know, but but we just can't quite find it. So, you know. Going on with this article, it says, While Washington insiders wonder and worry whether President Bush is really bent on a military strike against Iran, Hagee already has spent months mobilizing the shock troops in support of another war. See, these guys are more behind this than even the worst of the worst of the worst of our government. They're saying, we got to nuke them, and we got to nuke them now, President. Oh, Bush is just sitting back like, Oh, these dude idiots. The Illuminati is sitting back and thinking oh these Christians they're so stinky pathetic we've got them so where we want them they're the ones begging us to nuke them and my people love to have it so it's what the Bible says why because the pastors have led them share. they've they've scattered the sheep I, I mean it's, it's it's just unbelievable how good is being called evil And evil is being called good. It it, it just... I was going to try to find this verse real quick. Woe be unto the pastors, Jeremiah 23. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock... And have driven them away, and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. And that's coming to these pastors. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries, whither I have driven them. And I will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. It it sounds like he's going to be... That we might be driven out of the countries. Because it says, God... How can God gather something he hasn't driven... I will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries whither I have driven them. God says, I'm the one that's going to drive them out of the countries. I don't know, God said it. And I will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them, and shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. So, that's an indictment against our modern day pastors. So, um... While Washington insiders wonder and worry whether President Bush is really bent on a military strike against Iran, Hagee already has spent months mobilizing the shock troops in support of another war. As diplomats, experts, and pundits debate how many years Iran will need to develop a viable nuclear weapon, Hagee says the Mullahs already possess the means to destroy Israel and America. I guess he's got inside information nobody else has Um, and although Bush insists that the diplomatic options are still on the table Hagee has dismissed pussyfooting diplomacy and primed his followers for conflagration they're the worst of the worst of the worst wanting this all the stuff I've been talking about today and here we have the majority of mainstream Christianity behind it that's how bad it is now that is how delusional it is in in so-called pseudo-Christianity. Indeed, Hagee wields a very large megaphone that reaches a very large group of people. Said Rabbi James Rudin of the American Jewish Committee, who has studied the Christian right for 30 years, with the CUFI, the Texas pastor has exponentially expanded the reach of his megaphone beyond his television abundance, thanks to viral marketing made possible by hundreds of evangelical leaders who have signed on to his new organization. His warmongering has rippled through the mega churches across America for months. Now remember, I, have, you, have you really heard anything so far you've disagreed with? This is, a, this is a secular assessment and I think they're nailing it pretty much. I'm glad somebody's indicting him. Nobody in the church is doing it. I don't see any articles out about this. did Jesus ever advocate war mongering? If my kingdom were of this world Jesus says, then my servants would fight but my kingdom is not of this world that's why Jesus said we're not to take up arms and, and, and to fight now it's one thing to defend your family I believe and things like this but I'm talking about let's just go and let's preemptively strike Iran It's insane. Hagee calls pastors the spiritual generals of America. Yeah, right. Yeah, spiritual generals. Yeah. An appropriate phrase given his reliance on them to rally their troops behind his message. The CUFI Board of Directors includes Reverend Jerry Falwell, former Republican presidential candidate and religious right activist Gary Bauer. Now, these are all members uh, on... um, Ah, uh, Sung Young Moon's payroll, the moonies, that guy. these are these are all every one of these pastors are in the back pocket of a basically a government in in the in the the satanic agenda to deceive humanity through the guise of Christianity. George Morrison, a pastor of an 8,000-member faith chapel in Nevada, Colorado, chairman of the board of Promise, promise Keepers, Rod Parsley, Rage and Rod, Rage and Rod Parsley, Wildman Rod, the Ohio televangelist who's rapidly becoming a major political figure in the Christian right, signed on as regional director. Well, hey, they're in good company, Doug. Among CUFI's other supporters are nationally syndicated Christian Right Talk show host Janet Parshall, who serves as its board of directors, and Ron Wexler, the Orthodox Jew. Again, being not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, but that's all thrown out the door. We're all one big happy apostate family. Let's be like the Pope and have every single religion on the same stage, and we'll all pray to whoever we believe is God. And that includes witch doctors, Satanists. He had them all on the same stage with him. The Pope did. That was before he came out with the whole Vatican toiletry line, the Pope on the rope thing. That was before any of that happened. So I had to inject a little levity into this serious conversation. Anyway, um, so... Uh, yeah, they had their, their, uh, their Orthodox Jew. Um, and then um, Ron Wexler, he's an Orthodox Jew and president of the Theocratic Ten Commandments Commission, which was the backing of nearly every prominent conservative evangelical in the country. See, the, the whole point of this is that if you get to this level in this country where you're on TV and you're well-loved and, 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 and the powers that be are not doing anything to stop you, You're part of the problem. You are. You are part of the problem for the most part. I'm not saying you could never hear a good message from one of these guys. I'm not saying that. But it's the leaven that's also with what they're either supporting or whatever. It only takes a little leaven to leaven the whole lump. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5, to purge out the old leaven that the whole lump be made new. Levin is always the type of sin. Many popular TBN evangelists, also among them, the controversial faith healer Benny Hinn. He's in there too, Doug. And best, he's best-selling author of self-improvement books. Joyce Meyer. Oh, Pastor Meyer. Wow. Kind of funny. The Bible says that the qualifications for a deacon or a bishop or a pastor is that they may be must be the husband of one wife, one wife. One wife. It keeps saying it over and over again. One wife. Huh. Doesn't say the wife of one husband, Joyce. So maybe God never. No, no, not, not maybe, Joyce. God never called you to be a preacher. Ever. You With your short hair cropped up over your ears, you don't look like you got a stinking. Uh, 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 Submissive bone in your body Yet the Bible says that you're supposed to be submissive to your husband Oh, I guarantee I know who wears the pants in that relationship Makes me sick woman walks around on stage like she's some kind of general All she needs is a riding crop To be smacking it across her thigh I can't stand that It's unbiblical She wasn't ever called to that No woman preacher was ever called to be a woman preacher Ever does that mean women can't teach other women? No, I'm not saying that. Everything's backwards in this country. Let's throw the body. You can get mad at me all you want. Get mad at me. I don't care. I really don't. My life is not a popularity contest. That woman wasn't called to do what she's doing. No woman preacher is called to be a woman preacher. Period. It's unbiblical. Your argument is not with me. It's with the Word of God. You can argue with me and call me a bigot and call me a whatever all you want. Your argument's not with me. It's with the Word of God. It's with what the King James Bible says. Well, I don't believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. Well, then we have no other thing to discuss because we're arguing from two totally differently, diametrically opposed premises. And there's no way we can have an intelligent conversation. Now, if you want to talk about thus saith the Lord, I'm going to win. I'm sorry. Because the Bible's very, very, very clear on this. Very clear. And please, email me if you have any doubts on the whole woman preacher thing. I just put out a big email on this the other day. And several stories exposing Joyce Meyer. See, the Bible says, By your words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt also be condemned. Let's just see what she said. Let's look at actual quotes from her. Let's let's see what Joyce, the double-mindedness of Pastor Joyce... It's disgusting, it's sick It's an abomination in the sight of God I'm sure this will earn me some brownie points With a lot of people Oh well My life's not a popularity contest I don't think Jesus' life was either When when when, when he went I mean are we supposed to be followers of Christ? Well, when he went to the cross He was basically despised by everybody Even his own apostles for the most part Had left him. I'm not saying I'm Jesus Christ but I'm just saying that we're supposed to be followers of Christ we're supposed to be crucified with Christ according to Galatians 2.20 does that think I mean that, does that think do I think that that means that I have attained no it doesn't the verse that I can most likely clearly relate to in the Bible is when Paul said oh what a wretch of a man that I am who will deliver me from the body of this death the things that I don't want to do that I do and the things that I want to do that I don't do that's the verse I can relate to. Oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. So please don't, don't um, go and say that I think that I'm some kind of, of perfect human being. Walk. I do not think that by any stretch of the imagination. But we are supposed to, to, to want to attain unto perfection. Through Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, to run the race that's set before us, and not to faint before we cross the finish line. Because there's going to be a lot of people fainting before they cross the finish line. So anyway, um, Meyer, Joyce Meyer was named one of the country's 25 most influential evangelicals in the off sided Time Magazine. Arc. Oh, the off sided Illuminati-owned Time Magazine? Oh my! Boy, that's where I would want to be. He that is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. As was Stephen Strang, CEO of Strang Communications, which published Jerusalem Countdown, long before his launch of CUFI, this John Hagee, had sought to influence American policy toward the Middle East for 25 years, he has hosted a night to honor Israel at his church. An event that showcased Tom DeLay as the keynote speaker in 2002. He's got all the people from the government, all the people from apostate religions, yoking up with him. And you're telling me he's of God? Give me a break. This is how delusional this country's become. And that he has attracted leaders of the Israeli government as well as American politicians. Well, the reason he's attracting Israelis is because he will not witness to them. They have a different way. He, ha- he believes in what they call dual covenant theology, or two covenant theology. This is what we talked about last week. Where the Jews get to heaven just because of their bloodline, and we got to get to heaven the way the Bible says. Now, 66 years old, this ambitious preacher divorced from his wife 30 years ago, when their children were 3 and 6 of years age and less than six months later married a second wife who happened to be 12 years his junior. That's, that's Pastor Hagee's background. Well, you know what? He's disqualified from being a pastor, according to the Bible. He's totally disqualified. He left his wife. He divorced her. He married another lady six, uh, six months later. But, you know, we'll, we'll all overlook that because we don't care about the Bible anyway. He divorced his wife. You know what we should have done with Pastor Hagee a long time ago? Turn such and one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the soul may be saved in the day of Christ? Where does it say that? First Corinthians chapter 5, when there was a man in the church that had taken his father's wife to wed. Now granted, he didn't take his father's wife to wed, but he, he obviously had an unbiblical divorce. He had two children, ages 3 and 6 when it happened. He divorced his wife, and he married a second, a second wife, 12 years as junior, six months later. That really looks good. The Bible says that you should be unblameable if you're going to be a pastor or bishop. You're supposed to be unblameable, of good report, able to rule your own house well, husband of one wife, a lot of things. He's totally disqualified from being a pastor. Yet, he is the man that's heading this movement. Why would I follow him for anything? Despite his apparent moral lapse, other evangelicals have long looked at him for guidance. The, the Christian pollster George Barna recently reported that Hagee is ranked in the top ten spokesman for Christianity among other Pentecostals. I didn't think Hagee was a Pentecostal. It, it, but I, I guess it's going to be one big happy family. Pentecostal, Catholic, Hindu, Buddhist. It's, it's all coming to that temple prostitutes is the only thing left right now just get the temple prostitutes in there it's coming Morrison who has been friends with Hagee for more than 20 years and whose ministry has likewise always seen Israel and God's plan for the future says that Hagee has proven himself as a spiritual leader in this country and he has a platform his TV ministry he has great respect of a lot of other leaders so certainly he has that position of spiritual leadership and authority to lead evangelical churches and help unite them yeah, they're going to unite. They're all going to unite in one big apostate happy family. Um, imagine that Pastor Hagee, as 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 uh, and this Bauer guy, declined to be interviewed for this article. Oh, they they, they didn't want to be interviewed for this. David Brog, a, a former chief of staff to the senior on inspector. Pennsylvania Republican, serves as the CUFI's Board of Advisors. Again, we've got all these guys in high-level government on this committee that Eggie formed. Wouldn't that kind of be a red flag? No, not for them. Standing with Israel, his book urging the Jews to embrace the support of Christian evangelicals, it's like these, these, these Christians are so desperate to have the Jews like them. I could care less if the Jews like me or not. I want them to get saved, and because I want them to get saved, knowing that they despise Christ for the most part, I also can also assume that they're going to hate my guts right now. Does that mean I hate them? No. But why would you want somebody to like you so much to the point where you were willing to say, oh, we, we're not going to preach to you. No. No, we're just going gonna to tell you what you want to hear, so you'll like us. Who cares? Where does it say that in the Bible where they have to like us? The only reason I would want them to like me is if they got saved and they and they had received truth. You know? So, um... Oh, no, you don't... I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, and then, um... It, so this is this guy's yoked up with him also. He has, been, he has just been published by Strang Communications. Brog, Brog believes the C-U-F-I... Now remember, this Broad guy is the former chief of staff to Senator Arlen Specter. Okay? Broad believes the CUFI can have an enormous influence. And he's also the guy that wrote this book, Standing with Israel, the book urging Jews to embrace the support of Christian evangelicals. Why is this so important to the high people in our government that this happened? That's another huge red flag, I would think. Broad believes the CUFI can have enormous influence. It can really create a player where there isn't a currently one. As to whether Hagee has or the organizational skills to pull off such a project, Brog added that the pastor is a great administrator and a great leader and was able to build his church and TV ministry because he's a good businessman. He's a good organizer. Boy, that's that's one of the Bible things. you got to be a good businessman to build your church real big, big, big. You know the bigger your church is, the more godly you are. You know. Isn't that the way it is? No, actually it's the exact opposite. He that is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. If you're really preaching truth, you're not gonna be popular. You're not going to be popular. But evidently, because he's built this what where, where is it where do I see any place in here where God's getting any glory for any of this? It says that he was able John Hague was able to build his church and TV ministry because he's a good businessman, a good administrator, a great leader. Nothing about Jesus Christ. Nothing about that, no. You know, if they hadn't anointed him, if the, big guy, if the big boys hadn't anointed him, if the powers that be hadn't anointed him to do such a thing, he would be nothing. He would be nothing. Nothing. Hitler was a failed house painter. He was nothing until I.G. Farben got on board and gave him millions and millions and millions of dollars and an agenda and a platform in order to do what he did. I always trace it back to the money. The love of money is the root of all evil. <clears throat> now, the Bible also says, says he's a good businessman. Okay? Well, What, what does the Bible say about these types of things. I'm just going to read this to you real quick. Um, It's in Psalms. It's right after Psalm 119, I believe. Yeah, Psalm 119, no, Psalm 127 says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain to build it. Did God build this? All this and equally yoking, with not only TBN, with not only all the apostasy that he's in, with all the false religion, with all the governmental officials, with all the Jews that unfortunately right now are on their way to hell, but, but God built this house. Even though God's not getting any credit for building the house. But the Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain to build it. Except the Lord keepeth the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. That's what this is. It's vanity. But Hagee, the businessman, along with his pr- friends like Benny Hinn, Joyce Meyer, Rod Parsley, and other TV evangelists, including the top network executives, Paul and Jan Crouch. Paul Crouch, Mr. Homosexual himself, got caught having sex with a black man like 20 or 30 years his junior. It was all over, but you know the, 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 the Christians wouldn't say anything about it. Now, if you don't believe me on this, email me and I'll load your boat on that one as well. Okay, but again, it's like it's it's just like our own media. There's blackouts of things that they don't want to talk about. Christianity is no different. You think that they're gonna that they're gonna put this out all over Christianity when Paul and, and Jan Crouch are one of the main ones that are, that have been anointed to carry in the apostate religions? No, they're not. He's a sodomite. He's a stinking homosexual. He was having sex with a black man. How disgusting! But hey, hey, we're not going to talk about that. He's still a man of God. We forgive him. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, you know, that didn't disqualify him from the ministry. No. Hey, anything goes. It's anything goes Christianity, man. It's like a three-wing. This is like a three-ring circus I'm describing here. I wish it wasn't so, but it is. And we're really just scratching the surface today. This is going to... This message is going to go... I'm sorry... Over today. I... I... I got to finish this. Huh? So... So... Hagee the businessman... Along with his friends... Benny Hinn... Meyer... Parsley... TBN... Including top network executives... Paul and Jancraft... Has come under fire for... Excessive compensation... Derived from his nonprofit ministries. Oh! Imagine that! No... Not this man of God... Never. According to his organization tax returns, Haiti has earned more than $1 million per year annually since 1999 in salary and deferred compensation from his nonprofit Global Evangelism Television and Cornerstone Church. The love of money is the root of all evil. Just one other 501c3 corporation doing the Lord's will. Isn't this special? I mean, it's a hallmark moment. I may start to get teary eyed here any moment, I may start to wax poetic a burst into a soliloquy or a sonnet or possibly a haiku I don't know, I don't know if I can take much more so yeah yeah, we got that going on in 2004 the San Antonio News Express reported that he was the highest paid nonprofit executive in that city <laughs> his pay was nearly twice that of the next best paid executive yeah doing whatever it takes for the money that's what he's doing But the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. And he that is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. I know I keep saying these verses over and over, but I want to just reiterate the Word of God. I want to let the Word of God seep and sink in. Because so many people don't hear these verses quoted. Because they're not popular. Oh no, they might offend. Jesus said a lot of offensive things. He offended people all the time. He offended his own apostles. He had apostles that he offended and then actually... There was a whole group of them that, that fell away before before the last 12, even. TBN is the largest Christian television network in the world, claiming to reach more than 92 million households in the United States alone. And since 9-11 has expanded its worldwide reach into Muslim countries, including Iran, despite TBN's claim to represent the whole of Christianity, however, many Christians might not recognize that their religion in TBN's Word of Faith Programming, Word of Faith is a non denominational Pentecostal movement based on the power of the spoken word to claim one's spiritual and material desires and to purge the devils from one's life. I, you know, the people that wrote this really nailed it. This is a secular article, but it could have, I could have easily offered basically most of what's, they're just documenting facts. Facts are facts, okay? And I don't really even see this being biased. I agree with what their, their assessment of this year. Word of faith. What's, what, is, what, is, what, is this, what is this based on the power of spoken word to claim one's spiritual material desires? What's that? Name it and claim it, baby. Blab it and grab it. Blab it and grab it. Name it and claim it. Now, what is this also... We're going to talk about this, in the, if, if I have the opportunity, I don't know what next week's going to bring. But I want to do a whole expose on this whole thing that Oprah Winfrey and all the, the people in Hollywood are doing now called The Secret. Oh, it's The Secret, Doug. Oh, yes, it's all over the Internet. People are sending out links. It's this big video on, on how you get what you want. Just, you've got it You've got to have the right mindset You've got to speak it And you've got to believe it And it'll just come to you Whatever your heart's desires are It'll just come to you It's witchcraft It's white witchcraft Is what it is And it's called the secret And it's a new age philosophy That's totally permeating Through Christian circles And um, the secular circles It's, 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 It's not offensive to either one it's called The Secret. You're going to see way more about this coming out. And it's the same thing of the whole word of faith, name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it. The whole, whatever I want, I get it. How to become a millionaire God's way. It's what it is. But it's repackaged more to the occult side. And we're going to get into that if, if the Lord permits. The movement... The movement's central tenet, this word of faith, which critics say leads to excessive compensation of its leaders, is the notion that sowing a seed, contributing to the ministry, will result in the donor's harvest of personal prosperity. And that's why anybody listening to this, I want you to just harvest send it in to me, because I you know, you're just sowing that that seed of faith. Give me a break. Like the televangelist Individual ministry. Now, you should be sowing your your the money that you're putting out. The money that you're giving back to God. Yes, you should be sowing that into fertile ground. Because you do reap what you sow. What if you're sowing your, mo- your money into these apostate ministries? At best, you're throwing it away. But at worst, it's an abomination in the sight of God. It's a total abomination. I mean... If these men are not of God, and I think we've just made a really good case for this, if these ministries are not of God, if they're corporations, if they're leading people astray, and many times leading people to hell, why would you want to put your money into this? You're going to be accountable for the money you've wasted and sown into these things. That's another thing that, that, that people don't think about. But, the movement's central tenet, this is the central tenet of the Word of Faith movement, leads to excessive compensation of their leaders. The notion that sowing a seed contributed to the ministry will result in the donor's harvest of personal prosperity. Like the televangelist's individual ministries, TBN is operated by a nonprofit, 501c3, there we go, entity. So contributions, corporation, so contributions are tax deductible. Oh, isn't that wonderful? to the donor, and the tax-free to the ministry. Oh, isn't that great? Your, your heart's so in the right place giving money there. You know, it really is. You can write it off on your taxes. Isn't that great? While TBN reaps more than $1 million in revenue per year, most mostly from viewer donations, Hagee's organization reports annual revenues of about $15 million. So he's got $15 million of the $100 million pie. Lisa, come on! I need to get with it. I'm not pulling in that kind of change. <laughs> what an abomination in the sight of God! And these guys are the same ones that go around saying Jesus was a millionaire and he had big money, big money. You know, Judas had the bag. Judas had the bag. He was the he was the guy that you know he had the money. He was the money man. What an abomination. Um. Holy Anthony is the president of Trinity Foundation, an independent watchdog of TBN and his televangelists. He says that the ministries increase donations through sophisticated direct mailing campaigns. It's all about mind control. This is brainwashing and mind control. That's why it's very dangerous for you to be watching these shows if you're not educated. Now, lest we be ignorant of Satan's devices, he will get an advantage of us. Second Corinthians 2.11. Okay, so... I do watch these things from time to time. Not because I'm in agreement, but just to see how Satan's devices are working. I was watching one the other day. Just turning on. It was old Benny. Benny interviewing this black pastor. I don't know where he was from. Some country. Foreign country. And he was saying, most of what the black guy had said, when I saw him speak, wasn't really far off. But, at the end, he says, I just want to let you all know that I have this book and I'm going to donate a thousand copies to to Pastor Hinn's ministry. I'm thinking, wow, he's going to donate a thousand copies. Just give them away. What a guy. Oh, no, there was a catch. He says, but all you have to do to get one of these books, this book that was maybe, you know, probably cost him two bucks to produce. It's just a paperback book. All you need to do is send in $100 and we'll send you a book. And we're going to take, when we sell all thousand books, we're going to take the $100,000 that we've gotten and we're going to sow it into the ministry. What a lie from the pit of hell. There's no accountability in these ministries at all. In fact, i got another article I won't be able to get in today, but that goes into that in detail. How it's all a lie. So they use these sophisticated direct mailing campaigns, using mailing lists compiled as a result of viewers calling the prayer lines advertised on television programs. See, they always have the prayer lines. And they always have the prayer lines in the back so you can see them all and see all the people on the phone. Oh, wow, I better get on board. I mean, there's all these godly people calling up and and, and I need prayer. You know, I need prayer. And, uh... Yeah, um, Doug just informed me that um, these lists that that these Christian organizations have are many times, and he witnessed this firsthand from Pat Robertson, there are many times these lists are actually rented out and to other organizations where they will actually contact you as well in order to solicit money and support and all these other things. So, it's big business is what it boils down to. Again, the love of money is the root of all evil. Again, show me this anywhere going on in the New Testament where this was condoned, this type of behavior. It's not. But we've gotten so far away from the Bible, I mean, they might as well, you know, I don't know. It's unbelievable. So, um, this man regards the, bru- the, the abuse of prayer lines to get callers' names and addresses as one of the many scandals of the religious world of television, and that's why they have these prayer lines so that they can get your your address, your contact information, so that they can they can hound you for for the stuff. Um, you know these <clears throat> these ministries. Increase donations through sophisticated direct mailing campaigns, just like any good corporation would that was a that was a for profit corporation. The businesses. The businesses. They have turned the house of God into a den of thieves. What was Jesus' biggest gripe at the end? He went in and he turned overturned the money changers because they were doing business in the house of God. Well, that got Jesus more mad than anything that ever I, I don't see him getting madder than that, any other place. He got a whip. He overturned the money changers. Nothing set him off worse than that. And yet, that is the main motivation of the ministries. I mean, are we? if we were in a court of law, a real objective court of law, as God is the judge, what is he up there thinking and saying? I mean, let's, let's go before God, because most of the judges in this country are black-robed devils that don't have any semblance of the word justice. I'm talking about God. How does he feel about this? Well, I think all you got to do is read the New Testament and Old to see how he feels about this. Although many Christians consider the money-centered world of faith theology to be a form of heresy, me, definitely, us, the Republican Party has embraced TBN's audience. Isn't that special? As a valuable cons- constituency, Rabbi Laban, who himself has personally met with President Bush, told the prospect that Hagee, without question, yes, absolutely, has the ear of the White House. But he declined to identify any official by name, claiming there's a lot of sensitivity in government circles about his so-called religious right. TBN has made much of his own Republican connections, touting the network's founder, Paul Crouch, relationship with John Ashcroft. Oh, John Ashcroft, the same one that that, that basically gave the, the nod to go in there and take Pastor Dixon's church away, storm the Indianapolis Baptist Temple, and then bulldoze it to the ground. Yeah, real man of God he is. In 1999, campaign memoir, Bush recalls feeling spellbound, spellbound, that's that's pretty uh, accurate, like a spell of a witch, by the preaching of the Dallas-based TBN, TD Jakes. I can't even stand hearing that guy. All he does is scream, scream and scream as though that makes him biblically correct. That he's a big black guy. Oh, I can't stand hearing that guy. Who he has invited to participate in official White House events. Senate Majority Leader Bill Frist has lauded TBN's efforts to expand its broadcasting into China. This is unbelievable. You've got these demonic people in high government lauding and applauding what's going on at TBN and all that. I mean, why? that right there alone tells you there's just gigantic problems. TBN's lawyer is Colby May, who who serves as the counsel to the American Center for Law and Justice, a group founded by Pat Robinson, an Illuminati member, his dad was in the Illuminati, Uh, um, he's he's a Mason, Uh, you know, you go on and on about Pat Robinson, whose president, Jay Sekulow, a converted Jew, advised Bush on his Supreme Court nominees. May also represent certain members of Congress on legislation initiatives and help draft the Houses of Houses of Worship Free Speech Restoration Act, which, if passed, would lift the ban on electioneering from the pulpit. I guarantee it won't lift the ban on speaking out against gays, though. But yeah, you can you can get politically correct, and we can we can support somebody from the pulpit because that that would be okay as long as they're doing doing the New World Order's bidding. Its chief sponsor, Congressman Walter Jones, North Carolina Republican, has appeared on Praise the Lord to promote the bill. Other guests on TBN programming have included Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Congressman Dano Roebucker, Texas GOP Chairman Dave Barton, and goes on and on. Several years ago, after Crouch interviewed Car- Car- California Congressman Duke Cunningham, I didn't realize they had so many political figures on that show. It just goes to show how yoked up we're becoming with the world. Pseudo-Christianity is becoming with the world. After he interviewed this California Congressman, Paul Crouch, said, quote, what a soul winner he is. Every time he shares his powerful testimony, lies our touch. And our soul's total soars. End of quote. Soul's total, what's that? That was long before Cunningham, pleaded guilty to bribery and conspiracy. Now this is the guy that's the man of God who wins many people's Lord. That was long before Cunningham, pleaded guilty to bribery and conspiracy, and fell under suspicion of providing favors to defense contractors who sent him prostitutes via limousines. But our soul's total sores. So they've got their prayer lines, Oh, we led somebody else to the Lord. No conviction of sin, no repentance, no nothing. How does the devil lead somebody to the Lord? Or somebody that's that's, that's doing the devil's bidding. Okay, I'll, I'll give him that. I'm not saying that you couldn't get saved, but I think the likelihood goes down the more demonic the ministry is, that's doing the leading to the Lord, supposedly. I think it goes way down. Because you're subject to the very spirits to which you're putting yourself under. For Hagee's new prospect, his influence in Washington is probably less important than his influence over his audience. With the cloud of his listeners, he can serve Bush he can serve the Bush administration hawks by firing up grassroots support for a military strike against Iran. TBN has provided several opportunities for Hagee to promote his book, Praise the Lord. Several installments of his own program, the two-day appearance on his Benny Hinn show, through the marketing efforts of Strange Communications, which placed national radio advertising spots for Jerusalem Countdown on the Sean Hannity Show and the O'Reilly Factor. Sean Hannity, the poster boy for the New World Order. And Bill O'Reilly as well. Oh, I I can't even get, I'm not even going to get into that. Hagee brought his Armageddon message to a wider conservative audience. His end times theology is nothing new. Countless numbers of self-proclaimed prophets of the world have demanded attention since the beginning of time. The difference now is that TBN's relentless fundraising, along with advances in digital and satellite broadcasting technology, has permitted worldwide dissemination of his ominous predictions. Through TBN, other religious and conservative media, and the growing megachurches, Hagee has turned his Bible-thumping not only into a million-dollar business, multi-million dollar business, but into a pro-war pro, pro war movement as well. Now, why am I getting into all this today? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm way over on what I would normally preach, but I, I, I feel I've got to finish this. Because this is the future of apostate pseudo-Christianity and it's really the future of America. Because they're the ones that are going to lead us into this war. Okay? And Hagee and all these people are going to be the first ones banging the drums, nuke them, nuke them, nuke them, It's already been set. The stage has been set. And they're going to be the worst ones. While pundits and politicians in Washington debate the merits of a confrontation with Tehran, Hagee and other evangelical leaders plan to activate hundreds of congregations across the country, many of which boast tens of thousands of members, to flood congressional inboxes with emails at the touch of a button. Imagine this, pseudo-Christianity doing the devil's bidding and doing it in a mighty, mighty way. That's what we're we're doing right now. That's what we're facing. That's how bad it is. The message from the heartland beyond the, the... 10 of the elites who cannot quite imagine such a decision will be to strike Iran before it's too late. Again, man intervening instead of God. Man trying to play God. Man trying to say, well, we know what God wants and we're going to do this, even though it's totally unbiblical. The pages of the Jerusalem countdown provide a peculiar mix of biblical prophecy purported inside information from Israeli government officials. And a mix-up Pared down lesson in nuclear physics Now, one thing I want to interject Real quick If this doesn't go down next week Which I pray to God it doesn't Unless it be the Lord's will Because may the Lord's will be done And not my own That's how Jesus said We're supposed to pray Nevertheless not my will But thine be done, O God If it doesn't go down Don't think this is going to go away Because it'll just get recycled It's going to happen It's just a matter of time It's a matter of God's permitting Um, this Jerusalem countdown, which gives inside information about Israeli government officials and nuclear physics. Um, he says, is this, this is, oh, this is Hagee. Hagee says, I wrote this book in April 2005. He's already had this book out since April 2005. Here we are two years later, and the world's just catching up. um, When the people read it, they will think I wrote it late last night after the Fox News report. Says the author, without a trace of irony. It's that close to where we are and beyond. He's going to look like he's an absolute brilliant genius. Is what he's going to look like. Oddly enough, he predicted, allegedly relying on information from a reliable Israeli source, that Iran would have a nuclear weapon ready by April 2006 which from all my sources are saying they do not have a nuclear weapon they're not capable of it right yet they, they're just getting into uranium enrichment which does not mean they have a nuclear weapon ready yet but see if they can convince us they do have it then it's all going to be the more and if all of a sudden a nuke turns up but it's our nuke <laughs> but we say it's theirs who's to know any different they did nuke us they did have it he was right See how they're going to come out smelling like a rose? See how the evil seducers and men are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived? Um, Oddly enough, he predicted um, that they would have this by 2006, the month during which Iranian president announced that Iran, Iran had... Enriched uranium, although apparently not enough to make a bomb. The particulars of Iranians' nuclear program, however, do not seem to interest Hagee. In many of his appearances last winter before the Iranian president's announcement, he glossed over the obstacles faced by Tehran in creating a viable nuclear weapon, arguing that once you have enriched uranium, the genie is out of the bottle. his command of politics in Islamic countries is similarly flawed. He repeatedly has called the Iranian religious fundamentals Wahhabits, even though Wahhabism is a form of Sunni Islam, and the overwhelming majority of Iranians are Shiites. So he doesn't even, he doesn't even have his facts straight, in other words. Yet he's acting as though he's some big, incredible expert on all, all issues of the Middle East. Last March he claimed that within a month, Iran will have a nuclear will have the nuclear enriched uranium to make, to make and have the nuclear capability to make a bomb, a suitcase bomb, a missile head, or anything else they want to do with it. That statement is blatantly false, even according to the most pessimistic assessments of Iranians' nuclear p- prowess. But Hagee's purpose is to frighten his listeners, not to inform them. Frighten them in the fear of man, not the fear of God. Not, you know what these guys should be preaching is the judgment of God that's coming. How they need to get the sin out of their life. How they need to repent. How they need to get right with God, how they need to get into the Word of God. How they need to, how they need to stop trusting in a man. Or going by their feelings. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but at the end there are other ways of death. But no, they're not doing any of that. No sin issues are addressed. You know, when you have a doctrine and no sin issues are being addressed, people are gonna love it. You know why? Because they don't get convicted about their sin issues. This isn't about anybody's sin issue, what we're discussing today. You know what it's about? It's about We're looking to the Middle East. We're going to get raptured. It's close. Yes, many are going to have to die. But hey, it's got to have to happen. We're we're God's emissaries. We're God's arms. We're going to help God out. But there's no talk of sin issues or anything like that in any of this. You're getting your eyes totally off Christ as well by doing this. and getting your eyes on man. He speaks simultaneously of two audiences about Iran's nuclear capabilities. One that fears a terrorist attack by Iran, and another that embraces a biblically mandated apocalypse. You know, as far as I know, when Jesus comes back at Armageddon, he's going to come back with his saints, and he's going to wipe out the enemies. He's not going to need man's help to destroy the million-man army in the valley of Megiddo. He's not going to need it. But according to old Hagee and all these other guys, God needs our help, and he needs it in a big way. What an abomination. To impress the fearful, he mimics Bush's deceptions about Iraq' capacity to attack the United States with weapons of mass destruction, Condoleezza Rice's warnings of mushroom clouds, and Dick Cheney's dissembling about an allegiance between Saddam Hussein and Al-Qaeda. Compared to the Hamoudjideen, to Hitler, Hagee argues that Iranians' development of nuclear weapons must be stopped to protect America and Israel from a nuclear attack, praying on don't you think that if we were really a nation right with God, God could protect us from all these things? But no, 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 we have to protect ourselves. Huh. Boy, talk about taking God out of the equation. Ugh. Preying on legitimate worries about terrorism and invoking 9/11, he vividly describes a s- supposed Iranian-led plan to simultaneously explode n- s- nuclear suitcase bombs in seven American cities. Where did we just hear that? Didn't we just talk about that in that new show that's come out, 24, where the where where the uh, Muslims are going to be setting off suitcase nukes? Huh? Yet, he's saying it here. My mom just showed me a book last night. She just read where she says, I just read that. What? Some new book that came out where they talk about detonating suitcase nukes in America, on American soil. Huh. Maybe, just maybe, we're being conditioned for what's going to happen. Maybe, just like the Illuminati's always done, they're telegraphing their punches again. Huh. Huh. And here, here we got good old Pastor Hagee saying the same stinking thing. So, when addressing audiences receptive to spiritual prophecy, however, Hagee welcomes the coming confrontation. He argues that a strike against Iran will help, will cause Arab nations to unite under Russia's leadership. As outlined in chapters 38 and 39 of the book of Ezekiel, leading to an inferno that will explode across the Middle East. Now, that very well may happen. That very well may happen, okay? But are we to be the actual instrument of this happening? We need to nuke it, because we, we know that they got to ru- unite with Russia, so we got to just nuke them. And that way it will all happen quicker. And we'll get out of here, and we'll get raptured quicker, too. Whew. Um. So this this is the, infer, the inferno from the book of Ezekiel that will explode across the Middle East plunging the world toward Armageddon during his appearance of Hins, in Hinn's program last March for example the host enthused we are living in the last days these are the most exciting days in church history well I agree with that. But then, he went on to add, we are now facing the most dangerous moment in America. At one point, Benny Hinn clapped his hands and delighted and shouted, Yes, glory! and then urged his viewers to donate money faster because he's running out of time to preach the gospel. You scumbag. I'm sorry, but they are. They're scum. What does God feel about them? Wolves in sheep's clothing, reprobates, vipers. That's what Jesus called the, the religious Pharisees and Sadducees that, that, that feigned this religious view, and yet below were, were devils, were wolves in sheep's clothing, were ministers of Satan who had transformed themselves into looking as ministers of righteousness, whose God is their own belly. The Bible says, Wherefore I beseech you, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own bellies, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Well, isn't that the time we're living in? That's Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. Isn't that what we're seeing from, from, from old Benny and from all the apostates at that level? Notwithstanding Hagee's bizarre narrative of the future, certain Jewish leaders value what they call his support for Israel and, uh, and appreciate his pledge to not actively proselytize the Jews. See, even the secular news sources are saying he does not try to convert any of the Jews. He would rather them go to hell... Of course, I believe he's on his way to hell, too. He would rather go to hell them to go to hell, They give them the gospel because he believes they're under a dual covenant theology where they don't have to get saved the same way we do. What an abomination and an affront to the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross to save our souls, to pay our sin debt. But they they appreciate that he doesn't process See, that's the only reason that they're over there arm in arm with him. Not only are they probably getting a lot of money from him but they don't got to worry about getting witness to as well. See, they'll be your buddies. The Jews will be your buddies. As long as you don't proselytize them. A promise that sets him apart from from other evangelicals. Rudin says that while he welcomes Hagee's support for Israel, he is uneasy with what I feel is placing Jews and Judaism and the state of Israel into somebody else's divine play. Hagee's divine play is based in part on Genesis 12.3, the same verse he uses to argue that America should unconditionally back Israel which says, I will curse him who curses you. Now, who did, who did he say that to? He said that to Abraham. Now the Bible says, if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. We are more of Abraham's seed than a Jew who has that bloodline who's on his way to hell. Because the Bible says, if ye be Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. It says there's neither Jew nor Greek. Barbarian or free. If ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What was one of the promises to Abraham? I will bless them and bless you and curse them and curse you. Yeah, does that mean I'm going to spiritualize myself and say that I'm, a, I'm some kind of... It, it says we're Abraham's seed. It's a spiritual thing. When you get saved, whether you're a Jew, whether you're you're an African American, whether you're an American, whether you're Irish, it doesn't matter. Ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That doesn't mean that I think all of the of the things that are talked about in Revelation are going to apply to the Gentile. No. The emphasis is going to shift back to the bloodline Jews during the tribulation. There's no doubt about that. So please, don't get me wrong. Let's have balance here. So, he also cites and explains why Christians should love the Jewish people. Um, I agree. We should love them, but we should pray for their salvation. That they get their eyes open. Not that they continue in this deception. He invoked that verse for yet a third reason. To urge viewers to give their money to the network. That's the main reason. Hagee told his viewers that giving is the only proof that you have the cancer of greed has not consumed your soul. So Netta, I was telling you that the other day. That whole cancer greed thing, consuming your soul. And the giving's the only way to. you have proof. Yeah. Wow. Beside his multi-million dollar compensation package, Hagee has a portfolio of other ventures, including a cattle ranch in South Texas, that may have a religious significance. Many evangelicals believe that the arrival of the perfect red heifer... Now, what does that mean? What is the perfect red heifer? When they sacrificed in the Old Testament, the heifer could not have one one hair follicle with two hairs growing out of the same follicle. That's what a—that's part of the qualification of a perfect red heifer. They're waiting for this now. Do you, you know how long it would have to take to inspect a red heifer to find out if there was one hair growing out of the same follicle? This is, this, is, this, is the, this is the religion of man. Now I understand at one time God said to do this. In the Levitical, that was fine. God provided them with these things. Okay? but now we want to go back to this man-made religion and do temple sacrifices as if the blood of Jesus Christ is not enough to atone for our sin debt so he says um, so Hagee has got this big ranch and many people will be, believe the arrival of the perfect red heifer I'm almost done here the, the perfect red heifer um, will signify the end of times in the Old Testament burning the red heifer and sprinkling its ashes is, is, is described as a purification ritual purification ritual for priests entering the temple. Ultra-Orthodox Jews believe that the birth of the modern perfect red heifer will herald in the arrival of the Messiah, leading to a confrontation with Muslims over the Temple Mount. See how all this ties together? But this is the time we're living in. We're right on the cusp here, where Jews believe the temple will be rebuilt. Now, this is true. I mean, this is a great assessment. Some evangelicals likewise regard the Red Heifer as the harbinger of the ultimate showdown at the Temple Mount, which they believe will be the site of the Second Coming, and they believe that time is near. To many other observers, the advent of the Red Heifer threatens to provoke a violent struggle for control of the Temple Mount and the worldwide repercussions. In the late 1990s, a group identified... A group of unidentified Texas ranchers bred a perfect red heifer, which generated excitement in evangelical circles circles until the animals sprouted some black hairs. (laughs) I hate when that happens. I had my perfect red heifer and look what happens. What an abomination. And here we have the Christians... The Christians are the ones, like Hagi, trying to breed a perfect... What an abomination. Why would they want the perfect red heifer? So it could be sacrificed in the rebuilt temple in the Temple Mount. Oh, that's the same temple that the Antichrist is going to go into and proclaim the abomination of desolation, according to Daniel 12.4. Or not Daniel 12.4. Um, it's in Daniel. where Where he talks about... He, he's going to go in and proclaim himself to be God and he's going to cause the sacrifices and the oblations to cease in the temple well in order for them to do for him to do this at the midpoint of the tribulation the three and a half year tribulation there's going to have to be sacrifices going on in order for them to cease right Well the perfect red heifer is necessary in order for this whole thing to happen. But that's an abomination in the sight of God because the Bible says not by the blood of goats and bulls are you purified now but through the precious blood of Jesus Christ where we have Christians trying to breed perfect red he- people that call themselves Christians at the head of these ministries trying to breed perfect red heifers so that they can shed that blood so the Jews can do whatever their little religious thing so they can atone for sin how much of an abomination are we looking at here Six years ago, John C. Hagee Royalty Trust paid more than 5.5 million for a 7,600-acre ranch in Black- Brackettville, Texas, where cattle are raised in a venture with the Texas-Israel Agricultural Research Foundation. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to breed the stinking perfect red heifer. A nonprofit—oh, they're always nonprofit—501C3 outfit operated by the pastor. He owns it. He owns it. What did he just all of a sudden want to be become a rancher, Lisa? He kind of got the urge. Another part of the property is a resort hunting facility, where guests are paying up to two hundred fifty dollars per night for stay. They can also land their planes at the ranch's private air airstrip. This is Aggie's. <laughs> Last year, Hagee hired one of the top lobbyists in San Antonio, David Earle, to urge the state legislature to exempt Hagee's foundation from water use regulations. A spokesman for the bill's sponsor, Representative Frank Corti, whose district includes Hagee's church, said that he introduced it on behalf of a constituent, but added that she was not authorized to divulge the identity of that constituent. The bill stalled in committee. Earl said that Hagee wants to share information to improve the production of livestock, particularly cattle, with an Israeli research project. Oh, I wonder what they're doing. But otherwise, claim to be unsure of the particulars. See, they don't want to come out and say this. Dr. Scott Farnhart, an obstetrician and trustee of the John C. Hagee Royalty Trust, and an elder in Hagee's church, did not respond to a request or comment. Nor did the director of the dr- director of the ranch. Well, I wonder why their ministry isn't transparent. If they're really doing things of God, why would they want to do all this in secret? Jesus didn't do things in secret. He didn't do things in secret. The word of God is of no tr- private interpretation. He says, "Every everything I've done is secret. I've done before man." Jesus didn't operate that way, but their ministries do operate. Th- if you saw what went on behind the scenes of these ministries, how instinctively, incredibly unaccountable they are for the money that's put into them, you would you would be appalled. A nuclear confrontation between America and Iran, which he says, Tegy says is foretold in the book of Jeremiah, will not lead to the end of the world, but rather to God's renewal of the Garden of Eden. What is that? That's called dominionism. Dominionism. When we are going to act as God's emissaries on earth and take back earth, and we're going to do God's business and bidding, as though he needs our help to do any of this. This is just going to take one minute. This article is entitled, Former Director of Mossad Sees Iran Agreeing with Hagee. Iran is in agreement with Hagee and believes that Armageddon will usher in the return of the Mahdi. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road because, see, what is all this going to bring about? A Middle East war is going to bring about World War III. World War III is going to usher in, most likely, the Antichrist coming to power and saying, Listen, I'm a man of peace. I'm going to strike a covenant between Israel and and possibly America, and the rest of these these Islamic states. I'm the only guy that can get the peace treaty done. I'm going to finally bring peace to the Middle East. And that is the covenant that will be confirmed for a week, that the Bible talks about. He will, the Bible says the Antichrist will confirm the covenant for a week. In the midst of that week, the Antichrist will commit the abomination of desolation, Okay, which we just talked about. But see, you got to understand, these people of other faiths are also expecting Somebody to come on the scene That's going to bring them peace The, is- the, the, is- the um, Islamic people believe He's going to be called the Mahandi The um, uh, Hindus believe He's going to be called Krishna The Buddhists believe He's going to be called the fifth Buddha Most likely He may be somebody like Lord Maitreya that we've talked about earlier, Lord Maitreya. Um, he's also going to come back probably to the Christians as Jesus Christ, incarnate. He's going to come back with nail prints in his hands and all these other... And that's a whole other subject we could get into. But they agree with Hagee the, 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 um, that, that, that in order for their Mahandi to come back, and they're expecting this, and that's why they want war as well. Because they know... I'm going I'm to explain to you why they believe this. Um... What they were, they are. They were interviewing this man, who was a Jew, who has an adept understanding of the of the um, Iran, and it says, speaking of the the um, Arabs, he says, who else do they want to destroy? The Jew answers he says that answer is rooted in the Iranian religious beliefs that date back to medieval times. There are many tenets i 'll discuss the main ones first, according to shiite writings iran 's iran 's spiritual leader, who is at this time the Ayatollah Khomeini, is believed to be a reincarnation of God Almighty, infallible and incapable of making mistakes. Second, Iranian religious leadership is authorized by God Almighty to do whatever it is necessary to cheat and deceive in order to serve the purpose of the end game. Third, there is no religious coexistence in the world with the Islam and other people. The Iranian people are therefore instructed by God Almighty through their supreme leader to fight the infidels to either eliminate them or convert them to true Islam. Their ultimate goal is to establish a global or world Muslim caliphate And according to their ideology, which is described by many of their religious texts, as the 12th Imam, or the Mahandi, who disappeared in the 12th century, he must reappear. See, we're going to know him as a true born-again Christian, as the Antichrist. They're going to look at him as the 12th Imam, the Mahandi. In order for this to happen, there must be martyrdom, there must be a martyrdom event on the scale of biblical proportions in Armageddon. Now, this is not going to be the true Armageddon because the true Armageddon is going to take place in the Valley of Megiddo against the Milliman army and it's going to be Jesus Christ and his saints destroying them, okay? That's not what we're talking about. This term Armageddon gets thrown around a lot, inaccurately. But they believe that there must be martyrdom. Now, if supposedly they nuke us and we go and now we have the pretext to nuke them, wouldn't that, in their eyes, qualify as a massive martyrdom on a global scale? Sure it would. So, all devout Muslims are instructed to be proactive to hasten the appearance of the Mahandi. So, how are they going to be proactive? Well, if they go out and kill a lot of people. okay. Now, if you stretch this logic further, one must conclude that Iran's leaders are intent on perpetuating such an Armageddon. To do so, Iran would need to precisely the kinds of weapons of mass destruction it is acquiring, including nuclear warheads. Um, this is widely accepted, deep-rooted belief among the Shiites. So, see, they're totally preconditioned to accept this, the Iranians. That was the that was the the the, um, the title of this article. Former director of Mossad sees Iran agreeing with, with Pastor Hagee and believes Armageddon will usher in the return of the Mohandi. We are right on the cusp of the biggest things the world has ever, ever, ever known. This is the Bible coming absolutely one hundred percent alive. I don't know what we're going to have to go through in order to deal with this I'm not saying it's going to be a bed of roses but I do know this the more right you are with God the better it is and that you can pray to escape things coming upon this world the Bible also says to be counted worthy of the first resurrection now I'm not 100% exactly how that may paint out but it does say pray that you are counted worthy of the first resurrection the Bible says that in the New Testament. I don't have the verse right in front of me, but it says it, okay? So these are things that we can pray for, to be accounted worthy, to escape all the things that are coming in. I don't think it's wrong. Was it wrong when God took Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah before he rained down fire and brimstone on it? Hmm, I don't think so. God will always preserve a remnant. And I'm telling you, in America, the remnant is very small. And I don't believe he's just going to let the small remnant in America be destroyed and wiped out with the other ones. But if He's calling you out of this, all I'm saying is, is believe. The Bible says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be not be not partakers of her plagues, my children. That's what God said in Revelation. And I know that's more in the Tribulation period. But what that is, is to be come out from the world system in as much as you can, in as much as God's leading you, in as much as God's giving you that opportunity, so ye be not partakers of her plagues. Anyway, I'm going to end in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time. And Lord God, we, we hopefully realize the gravity of this situation that lays before us. Whether it's this week, God, or whether it's the next year, whether it's the next five, I don't believe it, probably going to go five. Things are such at a fever pitch right now, Lord. And Lord, we just humble ourselves before you. And we thank you, Lord God, for all your goodness and mercy, for what Jesus Christ did on the cross to save our souls. I pray, God, if there's any here listening to this broadcast that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, God, that this would be the day of their salvation. That they would get right, God. That the fear of God that that hopefully has been instilled in them this day would humble them, Lord God, that they would come before you as a little child and that they would get saved. For what you will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. We praise you we thank you for your goodness, Lord. I do pray, God, that you would instruct us exactly as you'd have us do. That you would open the doors no man can shut and shut the doors no man can open in regard to how you would work through our lives. Lord God, that your name would be glorified through us, through the body of Christ, that you would use us to lead many people to the Lord. That you would save many people, Lord, through what you're going to do through the body of Christ. We praise you, we love you, God. I do pray for your protective hand to be upon us, for your angels to encamp around about us, Lord God, for the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, to be in our mouths, for us to put on the full armor of God every day, Lord God, that we may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil, to put on the mind of Christ as you said in your word, Lord God in heaven. And Lord God, we love you, we praise you, we thank you, we ask all these things, and and I pray, Lord God, also that you would forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed in any way, shape, and form. God, that you would wipe our slate clean, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.